Blog Talk Radio. from each other and stuff like that so it's so great 
to uh, see her write this book, and I am going to try my best to have her on very soon so you guys can hear this powerful story. Uh, and I want to encourage you guys, too, to get her story. I, and you know what? I'm going to have up on my Facebook page a link to uh, on my personal Facebook page, a link to where you guys can purchase the book, because I know some people have been asking me about how you purchase it. I'm going to put a link where you can purchase the book. And let me see. Um, and let's see here. I think I may have a link right now in her. In, let me look at this here. Okay, hold on here. Uh, you can, if you want to purchase the book, you can email her at Sheila underscore Shelby six nine nine at hotmail dot com. Okay, and she's on um, Instagram under Arthur S Shelby, and you can uh, DM her also for uh, a copy about how you can purchase purchase a copy of the book from her. Okay, because we're going to be talking about this book. So those of my listeners who listen to it, uh, definitely. Uh, Get this book so you guys can know what I'm talking about when we had this conversation with her. And listen, you know what? Uh, how can I say this? Sis, she's a black author, a black female author. Y'all know how I love me some black female authors, okay? So definitely support, okay? And especially you people from Kansas City, my uh, my Westport people, my Westport family, my uh, Kansas City family. Please support sister if you guys if you guys get a chance to because you know. It's very powerful powerful when one of our own writes a book, okay? And speaking of writing books, okay, y'all, I'm doing a lot of talking about some of my favorite people, okay? But y'all remember Christian Nicole, right, the young lady who was on here, and we had the discussion about the American presidents. Y'all seem to love that show, okay? And Christian is going to eventually be back on the show. I'm so excited because she has finished her children's book. I am so hyped. I saw a picture of her children's book. I mean, she did a video because she was trying to, uh, she's trying to get advertisement and everything out there for her book. It looks beautiful. And it's about different tribes in Africa, okay? And it's like uh, the name of it is The Rain, Africa. Now, y'all know I ain't, I'm not a big pan Africanist anymore, <laughs> but I still love, you know, I'm still, a, as far as I love people all over the world. And so I, and I respect this sister. This sister is so dope. I, I, I love her. She's she's young, and she is so on point, man. She's always, She's doing it. Okay, she's actually doing it. When she when she said she was gonna write that book, that book is out. Okay, that book is now. She's got that book right now. Okay, so Christian Nicole, we're gonna have her on the show eventually, and I cannot wait. I am so listen. I am so hyped because you know I love the next chip, another black female author, and you know what? I just love uh, when the next generation, the generation under me. When you know when they are an inspiration to me, and that's what Christian is for me. Christian is such an inspiration. I really admire her uh, go get her, go get them attitude. She is. She's already got a publishing company and everything. So if you guys missed the last show she was on, please check it out. Okay, it's a long show because we're going through the history of the presidents and how their they, their effect on African Americans. She wrote a book about that. But now she's got this great children's books about the tribes in Africa, okay? So I am so excited, and I will let you guys know more about that soon, okay? Now, since we have all these authors and stuff like that, I'm thinking I might have to start back the book club. Because the book club last time, we couldn't get stuff together, right? 
But maybe we'll do that again. Maybe so, okay? So maybe y'all need to consider this the we, we the start of the book club, okay? So maybe we'll do that, okay? Start back Carolina's book club. I think we should. <laughs> All right, and what I'll do is each one of these authors, I will try. To, maybe we'll figure it out. Maybe I'll do something special, like a giveaway or something. I don't know. We'll see, okay? So I will let you guys know if I'm going to start back the book club, okay? Because I think we should. Dang it, there's so many great authors coming out right now, okay? All right, y'all, listen here. Child, my week. Mm. It's been, it's been crazy, okay? It's been crazy, crazy. I might sound a little crazy because I've been getting dental work done, and I had a, you know, I, I'm telling y'all my business, but I, I do that on the show. <laughs> but I had, when you get older, shit be happening. <laughs> and I had a, a crown, right, on uh, one of my uh, tooth, one of my teeth. A crown I've been having a long time. But a crown decided to come off, and it took half the tooth with it. <laughs> right? Oh, damn. I'm like, oh, hell no. Right, so uh, you know, my dentist wants to do the implant thing, and I'm like, heck no, nah, I don't want to do the implant thing. I really don't. It's expensive, but not only that, I just don't want to do it. Right, so we decided to go with a bridge, right? And so I've been going. You know, first I had my the rest of my tooth, you know, uh, at, taken out the the last week, and then I had to have you know my stuff prep done for the bridge, so I have a temporary bridge in right now. I had to go back twice to, you know, make sure because the temp bridge is kind of sitting there, and, you know, it's kind, of, it's kind of loose, right? But I had to go back a couple of times. My dentist is great, by the way, but I had to go back t- a couple of times to get that bridge in order and stuff like that. And you know what? So this is this this has kind of been my, this, this is my week. Then I had the colonoscopy thing. Let me encourage you guys, especially if you're over 40 40, is it 40 years old when you're supposed to start getting colonoscopies? I think over 40, okay? Remember um, the young man, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Tadric Boseman. Remember he passed away from colon cancer. Uh, uh, a lot of people didn't know he was ill and stuff like that. When he went to have, I think, finally have a checkup or whatever, when he had his, when he had it done, it was already in stage three, Okay. So it is very important if you're of a certain age. And Chadwick was younger than, uh, I believe, when he was diagnosed. I think he had been, he was younger than even 40. So make sure it's, you know, I I hate the prep. Oh, God, I hate the prep. (laughs) Prep for colonoscopy. But it's gotten a lot easier over the years, okay? I have to have them because I have a... I had a, 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 a person in my family that has colon cancer, and I once had, you know, a polyp, okay? They found very early, okay, years ago, okay? So I, I always make sure I go get them checked, and it was pretty big had I waited. And I'm telling you guys this personal stuff because I want to encourage you guys, if there's anybody out there that you need to get that done, get it done. But had I, the doctor told me had I waited a little longer, it probably would have been cancerous, okay? So uh, I'm telling you guys, make sure you go get yourself checked out, okay? Get that colonoscopy done. Okay, so that was my crazy week. Okay, it's crazy. <laughs> okay, and then I got started with classes, the online classes. 
And you know what? I actually love it. Okay, I'm, I'm actually it's really good. I'm it's going so so far so good. Okay. Uh, then I voted. I don't usually tell. You know, I usually don't like to talk about voting, but I did. I voted, and you know what? And here's what I say. I believe people's vote is private. I hate that they have a way that you can see if people voted or not, because I don't think that's really your fucking business. But, you know, y'all things seem to think it's everybody's business. But, you know, my thing, I try to encourage people to vote. You don't have to vote for a candidate for president if you don't want to. You can vote a down ballot. You can vote for Snoopy. I voted for Snoopy one year. I voted for everybody. You know, when I first started voting, I think my first year I was at ORU. And I don't remember, did I vote that year? Clinton was running it was my first when I was of age to vote. I can't remember. I know I never voted for Clinton, right? I never bought into the Clintons. But... I was voting third parties back then. I was very, I was always very independent uh, voter, even though I'm registered Democrat. And then, you know, during the, um, during the, uh, uh, during the right after Clinton years, I actually voted for George W. <laughs> right? I mean, you know, I tell people that I was like, what? Because he was a moderate in Texas, and I liked Texas and how the state of Texas was being ran. Right, and I knew all the pro, but he turned out to be shitty as a president, right? And, and Dick Cheney, ugh, right? So uh, Barack Obama, crap, shoot, I do it again, ugh. And you know, I actually, you know, I worked for the uh, and volunteered for the Obama campaign very early on. Okay, I was really gung ho with Obama. Okay, turned out to be shitty too. Uh, this time I decided, over the years, I decided I was going to vote for somebody this year. It was like a game of any, mini, money mo, as I was standing at the thing. And it was such a game of any, any, mini, money mo that, and because of the, the the debate was much easier for me to understand this time. And it really, it, I, I feel, I always said, I will never tell. <laughs> I will tell if I wrote it. I will tell you guys if I wrote Snoopy, if I ended up at the end of this any money mo game writing Snoopy in, voting for Trump, or voting for Biden. I will say that this uh, this debate kind of made it clearer for me. Uh, I don't like either one of these people. I just don't. I just, I just don't. And it was like, it was like it was very hard to choose, and I had to really take away all personal feelings because which is, which I think is what voting should be anyway. Voting is an exchange, so I, I feel like it's I feel like none of them are doing anything for black people. But I had to see it was like a game of chess for me. Who in the long run, who who can help black people move in the best way? Like, it, they, neither one of them are for us, but if I'm going to choose somebody, who can, who, who, who is it that we can play chess with? Even though they're trying to mess us up, who can we play chess and win with? So that's how I voted, and that's all I'll say to that. Very interesting. Yeah. It was any, me, my, mo. It was such a game of any, me, my, mo. The black guy that was next to me was looking like at me, kind of looking over at me like, because <laughs> it was that painful of a choice <laughs> Okay Oh my goodness So 
that was my week, okay? So let's get into It's a Word, because it's time for It's a Word. If you are a new listener to my show, every week I do this segment called It's a Word. It kind of meshes in with my week, and I kind of tell you guys about um, basically some encouragement from my week, and maybe you could take it away and use it for yourself, okay? I mean, use it to, you know, help yourself in some sort of way, okay? So this week, it's the word. Let me get it, let's get it up here. Y'all know how I be, okay? Okay, this week is about, for me, opportunity, season, and just being an overall encouragement. About sowing seeds. It's kind of a mixture of things, okay? So I've got a couple of quotes that I'm going to read because they are very important to my It's a Word this week, okay? So here's this one quote I saw by Robert Louis Stevenson. Don't know who that is. But it says, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds that you plant, okay? All right. And then my next one is, don't wait for extraordinary opportunities. Seize common occasions and make them great. Weak men wait for opportunities. Strong men make them. Okay. <sighs> so getting into my week and my it's a word and my motivation for y'all for this week is uh, every day you can be remember that every day it's not about what you harvest every day, what you get every day. But sometimes it's about the seeds that you plant that will prepare you for the next season. You know, there are seeds in my life that I have planted. Like, I planted way back. Like, and sometimes I'm just now seeing them come into fruition in my 40s, right? Next week I'll be 48. <laughs> right? So and I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes it's like the seed. So that's so that statement for me about the seeds you plant it's so important, okay? Even the bad seeds, when you plant on rocky ground, I see that in my life too, okay? But for the good seeds that you plant, you uh, you you begin to see, uh, you see your harvest from them at different times and everything. And so this week when I went in uh, for my colonoscopy, it's just, a, it's just a normal day, you know? I get up early in the morning, had to be there very early, I come in, and I think it's not going to be that eventful, <laughs> right? You know, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to have this colonoscopy done, <laughs> and that's it. But and in the end, I met some amazing people in the short time that I was there, and I got to be what I felt like was what I do best, an inspiration, right? I got to be an encouragement. I'm an encourager. I'm, a, I'm that natural gift, and that, that thing is in my spirit, Right? So uh, I met this nurse that wants to be an author. Look at me. I got all these book writers around me. <laughs> uh, I met this Scorpio who got married late, and she got married to a much younger man, she, she began, get, and she became a mother later in life, right? So uh, I got, and I so not only did I just give encouragement, but I got encouragement. So let me tell you guys about these two stories, right? So I'm in this, I'm in there, I'm getting, you know, the nurse, preps me and everything, and so she, you know, she said, hey, you know, I'm going to step out, and when, once I got dressed and everything, she came back in, and she started talking to me, just out of, and people often do this, I don't know, I just got, I, I used to go into interviews for jobs, and when, by the time I would come out of the interview, 
I would have had a therapy session with the person that was sitting across supposed to be interviewing me. I, this happened like several times in my life <laughs> since I was a young girl. <laughs> and I would get the offer a lot. But a lot of times it was just a therapy sh- session for the person across. So, I, so, so when I'm there, this nurse begins to start talking to me about, you know, what I was doing. And we talked about, I was telling her, you know, I'm trying to go back to school. And I was telling her what I wanted to go for. And we were talking. And she said, you know what? I want to, I, I my, my kids are older and everything. I've done this nursing thing. But, you know, I really want to be an author. I think I'm a great writer. And I get to sit and, you know, I start encouraging her and everything. And then another person, there's other people listening. So suddenly these all these women, to include the anesthesiologist, just starts coming into the room. All these women are surrounded to me around in, around in my area, and they're all talking to me, and we're having this conversation about going back and doing things that you really want to do and, and blah, 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 you know, whatever. Okay? And so I'm like, wow, but I had a flashback at that moment. To I used to, and this is this is I'm, I'm getting to a point here, guys. You know my stories are notorious in this, okay? But I used to go visit my great grandmother, and I always felt my great grandmother was, was kind of a detached person, detached person. But I would go to visit my great grandmother when she was in the nursing home. When sometimes I was coming home from school, and I would go uh, visit her. And once I when I would come to visit her. It would be all the nurses and everything in her room. They'd be all there watching soap operas with her, everything. I was like, this is weird, right? And they'd be, she'd be like, oh, that's me, you know, that's my baby Kiki, because my family calls me Kiki, okay? So they, so, uh, so they'd be like, oh, you know, hi. And she would always make these little beads for me, and little, she always make arts and crafts for me and stuff like that. And I just remember thinking every time, like, seeing all those nurses, like, they loved her. But I think I know why now. I get it now because I was like, you know, I be- I realized I had her gift of I believe I got a gift from her of inspiration, and that you can never cease uh, to uh, you know not to use it uh, because sowing seed like that always brings back a harvest to you. And that day, just sowing that seed and being encouraging to that nurse. Other people came in the room and were listening, and this anesthesiologist started saying about her and everything. I want to do this or whatever. And then this other person started talking, other nurse, and I was like, wow, you know what I'm saying? So it was crazy. And so when I wake up, okay, <laughs> from this thing, because I'm like, wow, you know, I wake up, you know, and then, you know, they were they were all laughing. My doctor was laughing, you, I awake, and all this stuff. And so as I'm up and I come, I go into the, the, the recovery this new nurse is there, and she begins to talk to me. And she, in that few minutes, she was inspiring to me. She was a Scorpio like me. I said, oh, you a Scorpio. You know, her birthday, 11-11. So I said, girl, your birthday, the same thing. Do you watch uh, Mary Jane Hunt, uh, Alabama? You know, I said, you watch uh, Alabama uh, Huntsville? She said, yeah. I'm like, girl, Melanie Ho's birthday that day. She's like, what? I said, yes. And we, I, we started talking and everything. And uh, she tells me about her life, how she got married to a much younger man, but she had her children late. She got married late, too, and everything. I was like, wow. So I got inspired. And see that quick? It circled around back to me, okay? But not only that. So I had this this thing I've been wanting to do, and I have to share it with y'all another time. And 
I called a friend of mine who has been inspiring me so much because this friend of mine, she's been stepping in. I'm going to have her on here, too, to encourage y'all, too. I'm going to have her on the show. I have some fabulous friends, okay? I mean, I'm telling y'all, some fabulous people that I know. But I have uh, this friend who went back, and she's doing things that is completely, like, out of her, like, you would think that, uh, somebody told you this story with the, what this friend of mine is doing right now. You would say no way, and she is doing this this really fabulous thing right now. I can't tell y'all what it is because y'all would know what I was trying to do. <laughs> but I something told me to call her. I mean, write her, and I wrote her, and I said, "Hey, you know what? I need to know how I can start doing this and everything." And she writes me back, and she says, "Hey, I got the person I need. Or you can talk to." And I got to meet this fabulous lady who had been in this particular business that I want to get into. She had been doing it for several years, and she inspired me so much last night. I'm telling you, and she encouraged me and let me know that I could do it and don't be afraid and stuff like that. And listen, everything, every seed that I planted within two to three days was coming back to me, y'all, Okay. So what I say about this, and I'm, I'm going this. I I went to I grew I went to Oral. Well, let me just say this. God blessed me with the unique experience of going to Oral Roberts University, and man, going to Oral Roberts. Let me tell you, it was tough. It was a private school. It was expensive as hell, <laughs> and but it was. I I don't know. To this day, I don't really understand. No, yes, I do. I didn't understand God, what God's purpose was at that point, you know, at that at that moment. But I learned so much more. Are you? I met so many great friends. But one of the things that I learned there that was driven into us us young people there was seed, time, and harvest. All robbers used to push seed, time, and harvest all the time down. That was the, you went to ORU, you know. Sow seed and get back. You were supposed to expect your seed back. You weren't supposed to put your seed. We didn't believe in putting your seed in the ground. Like you, you people say, oh, you just give to give. You don't expect anything back. No. At ORU, they taught you no. When you plant a seed, you expect certain things back from it. <laughs> right? It's, that's a spiritual law. So at, at, at ORU, I always believed that God sent me there to learn uh, that was one of the most powerful, powerful things I, I, I learned from that school. And in that, I just try to put that in my life every day, and I'm starting to see certain seeds come back, and it is such a beautiful thing for me. So what I want to encourage you guys this week is, what is, you see, Carlotta, what is your word? It's a word this week. It's just what I said. It's about sowing seed, not not the everyday, and this is both both quotes, and I'm going to go back to them. The first quote was, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, by what you get, but by the seeds that you plant, and be very conscious of the seeds that you plant. When I was at ORU, we used to be so conscious of the seed we planted. I remember, you know, and I remember it being one of the most spiritual times in my life because I would, you know, I got a little clairvoyance gift, sometimes a little, you know, a little, I can be a little psychic at times here and there. But there was this young lady I remember, and she she looked, she always looked really good. She's in this choir, and uh, she she always dressed really well. 
I mean, had it looked like she had it going on. And so one day I had just got uh, some money back from my job or something at ORU and stuff. And I'm at I'm in I'm at church, and God says, "Give her a hundred dollars of that money." And I just I was like, yeah, "Please, I ain't giving. I'm working hard. I'm at school. I'm broke." Right, and, and but it kept being on my spirit. I'm like, she looking like she doing better than me. What the hell do I look like giving her $100? I don't know her like that. <laughs> right, so I'm arguing in my head with God, right? And so I'm seeing this young lady got a big smile on her face. She's in the choir. She's older than me. She looks like she got it going on. I'm not understanding why God want me to give her $100. And at that time, $100 was big in that time. <laughs> right, and so I just decided to be obedient, and I said, "Okay, God." So I wrote this check. I'm thinking I'm gonna look re- absolutely ridiculous. So I walk up to her and I said, "You know what? God's been speaking to me to give this to you." And at that moment, she looked at the check and she just broke down crying. She just fell on the ground. People came around trying to pick her up. She was like, "You don't know. You do not know right now." Oh, my God, she was crying so much. I was like, what? I couldn't even understand. I was like, she said, you do not. She never told me what was going on. She said, you do not know. You do not know. And she was just crying and everything. I was like, wow. And I remember going, oh, my God. Woo. And I was so blessed just from that moment. But I was expecting. I said, God, you must got something for me. And that week, about, probably about a couple of weeks later, the same thing happened to me. I was dressed up. And a nice, well, a nice suit, because my, my grandma used to buy me nice, nice suits and stuff like that. I was dressed in a nice suit, and I was at a conference, a church conference, right? And I was on my way back home, right? And I was like, dang it, how am I going to pay for something? It was something I was trying to pay for for school or something. And it was kind of stressing me out, but I didn't look like I needed money. I'll tell you that, right, So at this particular conference. But these two ladies were behind me, and they tapped me on the shoulder. And they was like, here you go. And they handed me a fistful of money, <laughs> right? And it was exactly what I needed to get what I needed done. I was like, oh, my God. So I'm telling you, sometimes it doesn't just happen in that way. You isn't money that you get. But sometimes planting seeds, you get it back through words of encouragement. You get it back by direction. You get it back by, uh, to, uh, you know, just basically someone being kind to you or someone being kind to your family member or whatever. But be conscious of what you plant, okay? And it's important to plant good plant on good ground. Good ground. Because me and my girlfriend, I have a girlfriend. She is a, a minister's uh her she's a minister's wife. Her and her husband have a, two churches in the Nebraska area. She's also a, her and her husband do mission work and everything. Just a, a, a great person, one of my best friends from ORU. And me and her were talking one day, and I was like, I don't understand. We was having this thing. I said, I plant seed. I, I can't see. Sometimes I get a bad return. She said, you know what? She said, that's because you need to understand. Sometimes we need to understand when we're planting on good ground and bad ground. When nothing is, when it's not going to be, when it's not going to produce for you. So some of y'all is out here saying, you know what, Carlotta, I am planting in people's lives. I'm planting in, uh, I'm trying to do my best, and I feel like sometimes I don't never get nothing back. I feel like I'm constantly drained. The people around me, I'm planting into their lives. I feel like I get nothing back from them. Well, that's because it's 
the soil might be not uh not be good ground for you. Some people you can plant into their lives, it's not just people, but some projects and things you can plant, you can give, you can sow into them, and they're not they're not gonna reap you anything because it's not good ground. Right, and you won't reap back a harvest. It'll be a waste of your time, okay? So be conscious of what you sow your seed into. And that's what my friend explained to me. She said, be conscious of what you sow your seed into because everything ain't good ground, okay? <laughs> so that's what I want to tell y'all. And then also uh, this I read this other quote. It says, don't wait for extraordinary opportunities. Seize common occasions and make them great. Weak men wait for opportunities. Strong men make them, okay? So sometimes you have to make your opportunity, okay? All right, so don't wait for the extraordinary opportunity. After you sow plant the seed and everything, sometimes don't wait for it. Go out there and um, make the opportunity for yourself, okay? And so that is my it's a word. I hope it makes sense for y'all today. Hell, I don't know if it did or not. <laughs> But I want to encourage you, y'all, with that from my week. It's that not only to seize the opportunities, the opportunities around you, but don't forget that the most important thing that you can do every day is, <clears throat> and it's not just planting seeds financially, it's planting seeds of inspiration, encouragement, uh, kindness, love. All those things come back to you. Be conscious of what you plant, okay? And that's how you'll receive the harvest of that in return, okay? So I just want to encourage y'all, okay, with that, all right? So that is, it's a bird child. Woo, now it is time. It's almost time. We're going to get to the celebrity news when I get back. Uh, we're going to talk about, what do I want to talk about? Jennifer Anderson out here signing off by Kanye West's presidential run. What else? We got so much to talk about. What else I got up here to talk about? It was something else I wanted to get on. Um, talking about COVID this week, they're saying it's likely to become an endemic, okay? Uh, we're going to talk about Pope Francis, okay? Uh, calls for civil unions, okay? This is very big to the church, to the Catholic church, because a lot of people in the Catholic church didn't think he was going to go this way. But I told her, I have this very conservative Christian friend that I told her this week, me and her had this conversation, I told her a several, a few years back when he came in, I said, he is going to be the most liberal Pope you've ever seen. And she said, she said to me, she wrote me, she said, what, I cannot believe you were on the money. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Texas possibly turning blue child in certain areas, Okay. And uh, Phil Collins and his ex-wife out here being messy as hell, okay? We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more when I come back on the CC show. But meanwhile, y'all, what are we going to listen to? I had, you know what, y'all know how I'll be doing. I'll be having that music up, and then I just get lost. And I'll be like, what happened? Yes, I know what I wanted to play, okay? My, this 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 woman, man, the late Vesta Williams, she don't get enough love to me. Y'all know how dope Vesta Williams was. Ooh, I love this song by Vesta, one of my favorite songs, Once Bitten, Twice Shy. It's the CC Show. I'm Carlotta, and I'll be back in a moment, y'all.
I listened to this great show this week with my one of my favorite investor guys, Bill Fleckenstein. I've I've loved Bill Fleckenstein for years. How I started learning about more about money and stuff. I used to read Bill Fleckenstein's article in MSN. MSN, one of my favorite people to listen to. He has this great podcast on. I'm gonna have to tell you guys about it. But I was listening to them talk to this guy, and he's a he, uh, 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 was he he's a macro economist. I think he's a macro and economist, and he was talking about how it doesn't really matter who who the president's going to be, and talking about the you know the situation with uh, the the uh, uh, the economy, uh, Wall Street. It was it was so fascinating. It was such a good talk. I didn't understand half of it, but shit, I'll go back and listen to it until I understand it, right? Because I'll start looking up stuff and everything. But it was so fascinating what he was saying. I'm going to try to get you guys that uh, – I try to. I'm going to try my best to get you guys that talk. But look up Bill Fleckenstein. I think he has a he has a show that he does on Apple with um, this guy. And I forget the guy's name. I think his last name is Grant or something like that. Well, I'll have to look it up. But interesting, okay? That's my sidebar. Anyway, back to Fauci, okay? So – We've been in the house, and the reason the economy's so messed up is because Fachi, if you can remember, everybody shut down. There were some people who were trying not to shut down, but a lot of states put mandates in place. It was fucking wintertime. Everybody was in the house, and they said, oh, you know, just stay in the house two months, three months, four months. Just stay in the house and... This will go away. Well, the summer came, and it didn't go away, okay? And now they said, well, everybody needs to wear a mask. Okay, we're wearing fucking masks, Fachi. What is the problem? Why isn't it going away? You know what? I think the people in Sweden are smart, and I keep saying this about the Sweden doctors. I mean, you know, we need to not listen to Fachi. He doesn't know what he's talking about. The people in Sweden, the doctors in Sweden, have always has kept saying that it's a problem when people are together on the inside. It's a problem with it, it, it's it's a problem with uh, uh, your uh, ventilation system. It really has nothing to do with shutting down, closing down. People, it's like people get a cold. People can be in close contact with each other. It's usually people that are in close contact with each other. Remember, I read this article from Major Articles AP a few months ago, several months ago, that talked about how people in New York were still getting COVID after they had been in the house and only wore masks and everything when they came out and still got COVID. So before I speak on it anymore, let's read what he said to CNN. Dr. Anthony Fauci has been reluctant to support a federal mask mandate. You think. But we don't need a federal mask mandate. Black black people, let me explain to you. Come close. Listen, when you hear federal mask mandate, you know where they're going to be patrolling more. Okay. Just, just saying. A national mandate probably would not work, he said on September 15th during a news conference with Vermont Governor Phil Scott. Fauci, the director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, has been urging Americans to use masks for months, and Americans have been. In spite you, CNN, with your death ticker on the side, and constantly trying to act like they haven't been, we have to wear masks in most cities when we go out. 
Most cities I have been in have to have on a mask. What are they talking about? And their rates are still going up. And people's rates, and I think it's probably because there's more testing being done. I really believe that's part of the reason. I also believe the numbers are being inflated. I have said why, because they put COVID on everything. If you test positive uh, for COVID and you have a blood clot and fall out and die, they're going to say you died of COVID. There's tons of reports running around here like that, okay? Facts. I have trust in the American people that if we put a strong emphasis on the importance of wearing masks, that we will come around and and do that and get the percentage up above the relatively low percentage of people that are using masks. You're, there's not a low percentage of people using masks, Fachi. I've been through three states over the last few months, and everybody had on a damn mask. What is he talking about? He's crazy. And I know they do in New York and all these cities, even in Georgia where they're saying it's going back up. They have a mandate in certain places. The only way they, places they didn't have mandates is where, the, where there has not been a surge in the virus. So what are they talking about? But he said before that he doesn't think a federal law would be the way to go. Ooh, they want to have these laws, don't they? I don't like to be authoritarian from the federal government, but at the local level, if governors and others essentially mandate the use of masks when you have an outbreak, I think that would be very important, Fauci told Alabama Senator Doug Jones during a Facebook Live event in July. Until now. Well, if people are not wearing masks, then maybe we should be mandating it. Oh, what the fuck? It's not a federal mandate. It's a lot of states, a lot of governors, a lot of states are mandating it. What is Fauci, what is he, he, now he wants a federal mandate. What does that mean when we have federal mandate, more fucking policing? And haven't we just, haven't we, haven't we been having riots and stuff, especially black people right now? Haven't we been, and you know they're going to target your neighborhood. Black people, come close. You know you're going to be the target because you have been a high percentage of the COVID cases. So they're going to zone your areas to find out if you're wearing masks or not. Lots of urban areas probably. And guess who's going to have more run-ins with the fucking police if it's a federal mandate? Yeah, you guessed it. And they've been having riots all these these months. It makes no sense. But we have mandates. But he wants it to be federal. And that's when things get rough. That's why I said Pay attention to Kamala and Biden talking about mandates. I don't like that shit, okay? That is one thing I don't like about them. It's the fucking mandates. Okay, so federal, when we're talking about federal, a federal law, which is very authoritarian, he's very right, we, you are talking about police being much more probably aggressive to make sure the law is in place. Now, most, you can't go in most businesses, you can't go in any business if you live in certain states without a mask, and they're still going up. The rates are still going up. I don't know what Fauci's on. I don't have no clue. I, I've been saying he's uh, maybe something's wrong with him the last several months, but, you know, whatever. Okay. 
He said COVID-19 has been worsening across the United States with cases rising in 32 states Friday and holding steady in 17 more. The University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation said the country was entering a winter surge as new infections passed 75,000 in a single day on Friday and more than 800 deaths were reported. Mass mandates may be tricky to enforce, but it might be time to call for them, Fauci said. There's going to be a difficulty enforcing it, but everyone agrees that that is something that's important and that they mandate, and everybody pulls together and says, you know, we're going to mandate it. Let's just let's just do it. I think that would be a great idea to have everybody do it uniformly. I am a conspiracy theorist based on a lot of facts that I've seen throughout history. I don't like mandates. Um, I think we have to be very careful with them, even state-wise. But you have them now, and most people are wearing them because they have to. I have not went one place where I haven't seen somebody wearing a fucking mask. I don't know where the fuck Foxy's at. I don't know where the fuck Where's he at? Ain't he on the East Coast? Where are you from? He's from Brooklyn, Washington. I know they got mandates in that shit. So what the fuck is he talking about? He t- this dude changes every week. This, there's something else going on here, and I don't know what it is. My personal opinion is that we're under some sort of bio-warfare, and they don't want to say it. That's just my personal opinion. They don't want to say it. They don't want to say it. That's my personal opinion. And there are powers that be who are out here using this shit to see just how far the American people, my personal opinion, will go. Like 9-11 was used to bring in a lot of crazy shit. Now we are we, we know they snoop on our phones and we've kind of learned to live with it. That's illegal. Now we kind of learn to know that they, they spy and shit like that. And then we're sort of like, eh. Crazy. We are becoming more and more Orwellian without us even knowing it. And they use really good causes. Like COVID is a real thing. But here's the thing. Life goes on. I mean, I tell people all the time they never, do you know, they never, ever got a vaccine for Spanish flu. They never did. The people had to go back on the limit. Spanish flu, they they try to come up with a couple therapies, a couple things. They never got a vaccine. But yet, here we are almost 100 and some years later, and we had concerts and all kind of shit going, even though Spanish flu just went away. I don't know if we created, if we got herd immunity or what the shit happened with Spanish flu, okay? But somehow we didn't stop living. We didn't all stay in the house and say, Shit, we're going to have to wear a mask. Your mask, Fachi, is not working. Now, I guarantee you it'll work if there are federal mandates in place. I guarantee you that it will work if you allow him to put federal mandates in place. Why is it going to work? Just because the powers that be, in my personal opinion, are trying to prove something. I don't believe you. I don't believe that American people aren't already doing this. But I think these people are 
some of them are so sick and want to see if they can pass authoritarian measures on the American people that they will go this far. And they'll say, well, you're not being... You're not being realistic about COVID. You're not being, we've had the fucking flu running around here. We've had all kinds of disease, diseases that were worse. And in 1918, read back at it, they tried to wear the mask. They tried the mask thing. That shit didn't work. Now they're going to, of course, they'll come up with some answer. Well, the reason why they didn't work in 1918 was because, you know, it wasn't mandated. No, the reason why it didn't work in 1918 was because everybody had different masks, which you will have. Everybody will have fucking different masks if they mandate it this time. And the reason why everybody didn't have the right one. Now, it'll be some real scary shit if they say they're going to go door to door and give everybody out masks. So then we're really getting, really, he thought authoritarian. Unless you're going out the house and you're fucking melting on site. Unless you're going out the house and your eyes start shooting out blood or something like that, I don't believe they're, they're, that you, my personal opinion is I have never liked mandates. And this is not to not people who have, uh, are to dis, dis, um, be, uh, how can I say, uh, to not be caring or empathetic towards people who have lost a loved one to this disease, I mean to this virus. Very sympathetic. I'm sympathetic towards any loss of life. Loss of life. Death is just a. It's a. It's a hard thing when it's out of time. When it shouldn't happen. And when we shouldn't. When it's diseases and everything. I am very sympathetic, empathetic to that. However, I don't think the answer is to get more authoritarian. Especially considering what we've seen this summer with riots for police brutality and things like that. I don't know. (laughs) Just don't know. Jennifer Anderson just sounded off about Kanye West's presidential run. Oh, God. This is according to MSN.com, uh, okay? Uh, it says, uh, with over a week until Election Day, celebrities are using their platforms. Yes, they are. And they're fucking annoying, but I digress. <laughs> their platforms are one of their followers to vote. We are already seeing seeing Instagram posts of famous folks sporting their I voted stickers or snapping a shot at their mail in of their mail in ballots and the latest comes from our favorite friend Jennifer Anderson. And let me tell you something, whenever you see celebrities doing something, I have grown to be very weary of celebrities, okay? Years ago, even you know, during this was happening sixty years ago with celebrities, but I've grown very weary of celebrities because they all come out and they all sound alike. Not one is dissenting. Not one has a dissenting voice. They're like a group of Stepford wives and shit. So I'm I'm always leery of their asses. None of them, they all go the same way. They all agree with the same thing. They all, nobody, it's such a weird thing to me, okay? And uh, so I, when I see celebrities talk about vote and everything, I feel like there's some social engineering going on somewhere in there. And, like, there's this thing to make you, like, you will start taking a selfie and suddenly putting up, I voted. Voting is a very personal thing. I just feel like that. It is. 
even though I share it with you guys because I have a podcast. But I just feel like it's a very personal thing, right? And I, when celebrities are always used to influence, now their influence is dying out. Thank God. <laughs> it's not that I don't want their, you know, because some celebrities they are inspirational and influential, and 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 they and, they, and they've earned it. But a lot of them. Oh, they, I, and I love celebrities. I'm on here doing so. I do celebrity news and gossip, but sometimes they're, they're just annoying. Okay. Aniston has only had her Instagram for about a year, but she's already nailing the art of uh, hashtag uh, TBT, not to mention speaking about important topics. Most recently, she shared pictures on Instagram of her dropping off her ballot early and wrote an emotional endorsement for the candidate who got her vote. Of course, if you're in California, Hollywood, who? Who do you know? Are they going to go against, if you're in music or Hollywood or any fucking place else, are you going to go against Joe Biden? Not many. And the ones who do, they don't even say anything about them. <laughs> it's only, but she says, uh, but she also used the movement to comment on a candidate who's not getting her vote or hope, or she hopes yours, Kanye West, Okay. She put, I voted for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. I dropped my ballot off, and I did it early, wrote the friend star. She continued explaining why she voted for Biden. Right now, this country is more divided than ever. So Biden's going to bring it together? Biden's going to bring Biden's going to bring what? Biden was VP for eight years. Biden isn't going to bring shit together. He's been a, he was a senator for 40, over 30-some years. There's not a damn... Thing Biden's going to do differently. See, what the fuck is going on around here? They acting like Biden got some sort of little magical wand and shit. I don't know. Is he like, is he a fairy? I know he's a Scorpio and shit, but is he a fairy? All right, she also affected her thoughts about Donald Trump's presidency. Our current president has decided that racism is a non issue. Like in Hollywood, they have to. I, these bitches. Don't even let me start. He has repeatedly and publicly ignored science. Too many people have died. Okay, now it's jumping to science, okay? Like, they act like Donald Trump is fucking cooking up vaccines in his kitchen at the White House. Like, Donald Trump doesn't have any scientists. When he says there are scientists out here to, you know, I ain't a friend, a friend of Trump's either, but if you out here talking about, yeah, he's like, like Biden says, I'm going to trust the science, uh, what the scientists say. I'm like, well, who the fuck is he talking to? I mean, he's he's talking to scientists and doctors. He just ain't talking to the ones y'all want him to talk to. What? I mean, is he out? Is he cooking a vaccine in his in his kitchen in the White House kitchen? I thought he said Johnson and Johnson and other people was involved. Who the fuck is he cooking up the vaccine? They act like he ain't got scientists. What the hell is? They think people stupid. This is the kind of stupid shit. Of course he's listening to the scientists. It might not be who we want him to listen to, but he's listening to scientists. What are y'all talking about? Scientists disagree on shit every day. That's why they have what is called a hypothesis, educated guesses, because it can always change, or they their ideals and thoughts can change and emerge as they get new science and new data. What are y'all talking about? Who? What are these people talking I have no clue. <laughs> She says, oh, our current president has decided to race. And I urge you to really consider who's going to be the most affected by this election if we stay on track uh, we're on right now. Your daughter's um, 
the LGBTQ community, our black brothers and sisters, the elderly with health conditions, and your future kids and grandkids who will be tasked with saving the planet uh, that our leadership refuses to believe is hurting. Now, Jennifer Anderson has been in fucking Hollywood for a long-ass time. All the racism and shit that happens in Hollywood. Hollywood is the provocateur. Hollywood is a, a lot of the imagery that causes race issues. And I ain't heard her ass speak out about nothing. That's the thing about white liberals. They they it's, they they so funny. <laughs> That's why I don't trust them more than any of them. I, I, I don't like the, oh, the conservatives, but I really don't trust the liberals. Malcolm X was so right about liberals. The white liberals. I, it's, there's a different kind of uh, 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 attitude or something you get with them. It's just different. They're still white supremacists, but I'm a friendly white supremacist. I'll speak out about, about racism when it's going to affect uh, my the person, my political affiliation. <laughs> This, uh, but it says the actress wrapped up her post by reminding her followers to vote for equal human rights, love, and decency, but not before having something to say about Kanye uh, West's presidential run. It's not funny to vote for Kanye. I don't know how Esther said. Please be responsible. Well, there you have it. Rachel Green is supposed to. Listen, hold up. Let me just talk to her ass. Let me say something about her ass for a second. You can't tell nobody who the fuck. It ain't funny to run for Biden. Be responsible. It ain't, it ain't funny to vote for for Trump. Be responsible. Somebody can say that to you, too. Who the fuck? What the, people have the right to vote for whoever the fuck they want to do. If they want to put down Mickey Mouse, they can put down Mickey Mouse, Jennifer Anderson. You ain't running shit. What is, who is she? I'm, this is what I'm talking about. This is ridiculous. Saying be responsible. Social engineering. Shut up. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And you, she has the right to say that, but it's ridiculous to try to impose, like, you vote for Kanye. Now, what if people say, okay, I'm going to vote for Trump instead of Kanye? What Then she has something to say then. She just gave a whole reason why not to vote. You could just say, my candidate is, is, is Biden. I'm passionate about him. I think he's the best, blah, 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 blah. But you can't tell nobody not to vote for Kanye. If they want to write Kanye's ass, if I wanted to write Kanye's ass, who knows? I may have. I can write Kanye down. That's who I think will be the best person to run the fucking country if I wanted to write him down. You have nothing to say about it. You can't tell me be responsible. No, you be responsible. What if I don't like who you voted for? You know, this is the kind of trick shit they do up in Hollywood, okay? Pissing me off. This is why celebrities are annoying. It really is. It's why they're annoying. And then if you have a probably a full-out conversation with her, she probably has no fucking clue. Most of them don't. Some of them do. Most of them don't. I'm going off today. Y'all can tell I've been needing to talk. <laughs> Experts believe COVID-19, COVID-19 is likely to become an endemic. Here's what that means. This is from Yahoo.com. Okay, you know, we've already talked about mandating masks and all this stuff. Wait a minute. Now, there are other experts that saying, hey, it's going to be an endemic. So it's going to have a problem here. It's been months since the COVID-19 pandemic began, and after so much loss and uncertainty, people are understandably desperate for it to end. Unfortunately, top scientists do not 
don't think that the novel coronavirus will fade away anytime soon. So much for masks. Uh, in fact, it seems more likely that COVID-19 will become in, endemic, meaning it will continue to exist in society just as, a, as other viruses have for years. And remember, COVID itself is over, I think, 1,000 years old. Uh, CNBC reported that during a meeting with the U.K.'s National Security Strategy Committee, Chief Scientific Advisor Patrick Valiance cast doubt on every, on every eradicating, uh, on ever eradicating the virus, despite the ongoing race for an effective vaccine. Now, this is what I told you guys: they never cured. I mean, Spanish flu. From what I've read in history, it was never cured. It just went away. The notion of eliminating COVID from anywhere is not right because it will come back, Valen said. We can't be certain, but I think it's unlikely we will end up with a truly sterilizing vaccine. Now, what they claim about, I think, the Spanish flu is that over the years with therapies and stuff like that, it kind of made it non-existent, being able to fight the flus in certain ways. There's different experts that believe in different things or some reason why some people don't understand what happened with it. It's a lot of mystery around that. But it says, uh, it's, that's a sideboard, but it says, uh, with, uh, we can't be certain, but I think it's unlikely we will end up with a truly sterilizing vaccine. Uh, vaccine. That is, something that completely stops infection. And it is likely this disease will circulate and be in an endemic. That's my best assessment. According to the Centers for Disease Control, endemic refers to a disease or infectious agent's constant presence or usual prevalence in a population. For example, uh, varicella zoster, the virus that causes chickenpox, is considered to be endemic in the U.S. It isn't eradicated, but instead is controlled and uh, mitigated through a highly effective vaccine. While it is unclear just how effective a COVID-19 vaccine will be, it is important. It's an important step to reducing the spread, just as the flu shot is in minimizing influ influenza cases each year. Sounds like another mandate's coming with the vaccine. <laughs> Clearly, as management becomes better, as you get vaccination, which would decrease the chances of infection and the severity of disease, this then starts to look more like an annual flu than anything else, and that may be the direction we end up going. Valen said of COVID-19, he also noted that smallpox is the only disease in history that has been completely eradicated through an effective vaccine. It was formally declared eradicated in 1980 after nearly 200 years of inoculations, okay? Valence is not, only, not alone in his assessment. Officials at the World Health Organization warned in May that the virus may never go away. More recently, Columbia Re University researchers Jeffrey Shaman and Marta Galanti wrote a paper exploring the possibility that COVID-19 could become an endemic. Should reinfection prove commonplace and barring a highly endemic, uh, highly effective vaccine delivered to most of the world's population, SARS-CoV-2 will likely become an endemic, the authors wrote. Whether the infections will be commonplace, how often they recur, or how contagious reinfected individuals will be, and whether the risk of severe clinical outcome changes with subsequent infections remain to be understood. While the idea of COVID-19 becoming endemic is scary, it's important to remember that treatments too will evolve and improve has, uh, has, 
as time goes on. That means, you know, and listen, I'm not big on vaccinations, uh, you know, but uh, I do believe in finding therapeutic ways to uh, heal the, uh, to the, the disease and, and stuff like that will also help in being available. Notice they just want to race towards the vaccine. They're not racing too much towards therapeutics. That a little scares me, okay? Uh, but uh, hopefully, and what I mean by therapeutics, it means that like something like um, uh, uh, like we, we medications you can use to help uh, 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 help with you help you go through COVID nineteen a little bit more, or therapeutics that will help you uh, stop the disease in its track, or something like that. I mean the virus in its tracks. But I don't like vaccinations. I don't trust the medical people that much. Sorry, I'm black. And we know the history in America, you know, with black people and vaccination. I don't like them. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very skeptical. I've had, we've had vaccinations, of course, but when you mandate, I can see this is getting, it's going to be a thing. All right, Pope calls for civil unions for same-sex couples in major departure from Vatican doctrine, okay? Homosexuals have a right to be a part of the family, the pontiff said in Francesco, a documentary about his life. Interesting, okay? This is according to NBCNews.com. Pope Francis called for the passage of civil union laws for same-sex couples in a documentary that aired in Rome on Wednesday. In a major departure from the position held by the Vatican's uh, doctrinal office, homosexuals have a right to be a part of of the family, the pontiff said in Francisco, a documentary about his life. They're children of God and have a right to a family. Nobody should be thrown out or made miserable because of it. What we have to create is a civil union law, he added. That way they are legally covered. I stood up for that, okay? While serving as Archbishop of Buenos Aires, Francis endorsed civil unions for gay couples as an alternative to same-sex marriage. However, he had never came out publicly in favor of civil unions uh, as the Pope, okay? Uh, it's, uh, let's see, it's not surprising coming from Pope Francis because of the trial uh, the trial of trail of individual statements he's made here and there over his papacy. Uh, professional, professional Bruce Morrill, the chair in Roman Catholic Studies at Nashville Vanderbilt University, told NBC News by telephone, uh, Roman Catholicism does focus on natural law, and it seems to me he's touching on a different aspect of this, which is that human beings are inclined towards uh, – or inclined towards and need these kinds of personal relationships. The elephant in the room is obviously sexual activity, which the church very explicitly teaches against, okay? Um, let's see. We're going like, to take a listen to uh, what he this report here from NBC. Let's see if we can get that here. I stood up for that. Father Jim Martin, author and advocate for LGBTQ Catholics, the documentary. This is an historic step forward in the church's relationship with LGBT people and LGBT Catholics. Is he opening the door to gay marriage in the church? The Pope is not opening up the door to uh, gay marriage being celebrated in a mass, uh, but he's opening up the door to people being approving of same-sex civil unions. Church teaching says homosexuality is disordered. 
Today, Rhode Island Bishop Thomas Tobin called on the Pope to clarify his words, saying the church cannot support the acceptance of objectively immoral relationships. From his first press conference when he asked, who am I to judge, Francis's papacy has been marked by compassion to gays and lesbians. Now the Pope says homosexuals have a right to be part of the family. They are children of God and have... Okay, guys, I think the report kind of stopped me away, but... um. Okay, so let me just say this for a second, because what I'm going to say is it's going to burn people on both sides, okay? I mean, it is what it is. I'm very uh, honest about these uh, things here and what I feel about them. Um, Religion is a very different thing, okay? Religion is something to me that, um, I mean, a lot of y'all fornicate, and fornication is against the uh, is the Bi- against the Bible shit. Now, is the Pope is he you gonna accept fornication out in these streets? <laughs> I mean, and that's how I look at um, religion when it, when you're talking about religion as far as the church is concerned. And please, uh, my gay listeners, don't get upset with me. I challenge you to. Like I said, I read the article from Time Magazine that nobody talks about about how there's no gay gene. A lot of people got mad at me. I didn't write the article, and I didn't do the study, okay? Uh, I challenge everything, okay? Uh, Here's the thing. Religion has had these doctrines for years. Uh, Should they be overturned? Should people's faith be overturned? Because, like, and I know we're talking about sexuality. It's different. But, okay, there's people who want to live together. There are people, and this is according to religion, there are people who want to fuck around on their spouses. There are people who want to, uh, you know, have sex outside of marriage and do all that shit, okay? (laughs) Now, they don't care whether the church accepts it or not. (laughs) But the church, most of the church, Catholicism, when you talk about Protestant, uh, uh, Protestant and Catholicism and all those, don't usually accept uh, what they consider uh, sexual immoral things, including homosexuality in that, okay? I don't believe they should have to be forced to do so. Because the world changes, their doctrine doesn't have to change. Maybe they look like dinosaurs. Maybe they look like this and that. But they just I just feel like that their doctrine is their doctrine. Some some people still go to church every week and they still fucking around on their spouse. Adultery is out is outlawed by the church. <laughs> some people go to church every week and they commit fornication. Okay, they not saying we. You know what, Pope and and and, and church people. We want you to accept what we do. Some people don't give a shit. Some people just saying, I'm going there. to. I may not agree with everything in the church, but I'm just going to get what I figure is my spiritual word or my spiritual this and that. But here's the thing that kind of trips me out a little bit with homosexuality, people who who are, are homosexuality. There is this thing to force people to accept you. Just live your fucking life. I, I I don't and don't go to them. 
If they don't want to accept you, you ain't got to go to the Catholic Church. Shit, there's so many gay churches and different doctrines and shit around here. If they don't want to accept your lifestyle, then go somewhere else. Same thing. If you want to, you say, hey, I don't like every week that the preacher, I come to church, the preacher's always talking about fornication. You know I'm a hoe out in the street. I'm not comparing homosexuality to hoeing. I'm just saying in the church they put it all, lump it all together. So don't get it mad at me. Don't write me no shit. I'm just trying to explain to you my fear, okay, about this church. The church puts all that all in one basket, okay? And you might go to church. You might be a, a woman going to church and say, I want to fuck. I like to fuck around with different people. And I don't appreciate the preacher telling me that's my sexuality. And I don't appreciate the preacher telling me I'm a sinner. Well, you know what? That's their doctrine. Don't get mad at them. Just you ain't got to go. Or you can ignore them when you do go. But that's their do- doctrine. You can go to somewhere else where there's free. They got free love churches. They got churches now that believe in every damn thing underneath the planet. Okay? You don't have to accept that. And you don't have to be. You can be critical of them. But that's the doctrine. I don't see nobody going over there in that Muslim world trying to change shit. And they are not tolerant. You know, it's a lot of homosexuality that goes on in the Muslim world. Partly because, you know, it's a, it's a male-dominated society, and they put a lot of shame on homo. You know, they don't like homosexuality. There be a lot of gay stuff going on in the, on, on the Muslim world. Okay? But let them catch your ass. In the Muslim countries, they will stone your ass and everything. They will—they are not tolerant. You know, the church just sit up here in, in America and just be like, shit, that shit ain't right. That's what the church, that's what all the church do. The church might say in America the conservative evangelicals and the conservative Catholics might say we don't agree with that, just like they don't agree with shacking up and all other things, okay? But they ain't stoning your ass. Ain't nobody going over there in the Muslim countries to say shit. <laughs> Why? Because they about even though there's a lot of homosexuality and stuff that runs rampant throughout those uh, societies, but y'all bet not let them catch you. You have a tolerant in the United States. Religion is very tolerant. It may not agree with you, but it doesn't kill you. For being something. It's just people's right. Now, what I hear, I'm hearing somebody probably in my head right now. There's some gay person listening to me right now and say, well, Carlotta, they're pushing people to hate. No, they're not. They have a doctrine. Are they, is, is, are they, are they pushing people to hate people who fornicate? Because there's a lot of people who, who, who fornicate out in the streets. No. And do you hear fornication people going off about it? No. It's their doctrine. Just because they're against fornication doesn't mean, or against adultery, doesn't mean they're pushing people out here to kill people or to dislike people. Or they're pushing they're pushing discrimination. They're discriminating against, it's just a doctrine that they have about sexuality. And they feel that homosexuality is not natural. Now, you say that's pushing 
uh, 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 a lot of people are probably saying about me right now, that's pushing uh, 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 people to hate more. No, it is not. They also have that against most of the most of the world under religion, under spiritual, uh, a lot of religions and stuff like this would be condemned. That's why the Bible says we all fall short of the glory of God. Ain't not one perfect person perfect. Okay? Everybody is sinner up in this. Everybody be a sinner. You know, remember in the Bible when the woman who was a kind of a hoe was about to come to Jesus and they was about to stone her. So he said, hey, he started writing in the sand. They sins and they was like, oh, let me back up out of here. I'm not saying homosexuality is a sin. I'm saying that's what their doctrines teach and that's what their doctrines believe. And I personally don't think you have the right to change them. They have the right to believe what they want to believe, just like you got the right to believe what you want to believe. It gets so crazy. It gets so crazy. And so the Pope, I'm not surprised about Pope Francis being out here because he was going to be a very liberal Pope. And a lot of people have ran into Catholicism as priests and hid their homosexuality by being priests. And they have to deal with that there on their own. You know what I'm saying? But that's probably why he sees probably the effect on the on, on those people because he probably deals with people every day that in Catholicism who are hiding their sexuality because they don't feel accepted. So I understand in some ways why Pope Francis has come out to try to be more accepting and to give some empathy. But I don't believe that you can change doctrine if people don't agree with it. It's been a doctrine for 100 years, and you can just find another religion or another place of worship if they just, if people are upset about it. Just my opinion, but I understand his part too, okay? So very interesting, okay, with that whole situation there, okay? And we'll be talking about more about that and see as we see how these churches and everything are going to, I mean, how the Catholic Church is going to accept it over the next few weeks. But I actually told a friend of mine, I said, this Pope is going to be very liberal. They should get ready for it, okay? Uh, where Texas could actually turn blue in 2020. Congress and the presidency are still a reach, uh, but Democrats can flip the state house. An unthinkable goal even a few years ago. They could hold the key to a longer-term transformation, okay? Now, I have been talking about how um, the last several years, if you've been listening to this podcast, I have been talking about how that I believe that California will eventually go back to what it was in the 80s, red, okay? I think was it under Reagan it was red. And um, uh, places like Texas could eventually turn blue. And the reason why I said that is because of the dynamics of relocation, okay? Uh, when you see somebody like Governor Perry, when Governor Perry was governor of Texas and Republicans and stuff like that, and I personally think this is where sometimes Republicans have done a good job. I said they can balance a budget. They can, um, you know, they, they keep taxes low. And when you keep taxes low in some areas, uh, companies will flock to those areas to, to open up. Uh, businesses and stuff in California. Uh, California has been uh, has such bad politics the last uh, twenty, thirty years that people have been fleeing California. I mean, like fucking fleeing. They've been running just like New Yorkers have been fleeing New York and running to uh, Texas. And part of that, I mean, running to Georgia. And part of that is because we don't sometimes, in my opinion, sometimes we don't give Republicans enough in certain areas. 
sometimes Republicans are crappy. I mean, we know as far as racial uh, discrimination and stuff is concerned, it can be just ridiculous. But at the same time, they are great in balancing budgets and and, and getting jobs into their areas, uh, getting jobs into uh, 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 cities and, and, and into their states. Where they uh, where they're largely at, and that's because of low taxes. Like Texas doesn't have a tax, so Governor Perry was able to go up there several years ago when he was governor of the state of of, of Texas. He was able to go to California and lure a lot of companies away from California because companies were feeling they were being taxed, overly taxed. And there's also a, another secret agenda, I think. Okay. Uh, I think the tech companies aren't moving for a reason. I think the tech companies understand that 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 politics is getting ready to change in California because as you have a lot of poor people or uh, people who are uh, middle class run because of loss of jobs, high taxes, and everything from those states looking for jobs. They understand it. They understand that it will change the dynamic of the state. Has more wealthy people begin to come into the state and more people begin to live in certain areas and stuff like that, they tend to vote different. A lot of times the wealthy tend to vote what? Republican. Why do they do? Because they don't want to be taxed. They don't have to pay for a lot of shit. Okay? That's, and that's the truth. We see that constantly, right? Okay, so you have then you have more people start running to Texas, right? And so Texas slowly becomes dem- democratic. Now, I've always said to people, don't leave the place where you re- relocated from without understanding the fucking politics of where you came from. I say most people relocate, but they they keep their bad politics, but not understanding why you had to relocate. Like most people are saying, I'm leaving California. The shit's just too high. I'm leaving uh, uh, New York. The rent's too high. But you don't ask why. And so you just move to another city with bad politics, and you turn that city bad. <laughs> I mean, you turn that state bad. You move to another state with your bad politics, and then in about 15 to 20 years, Texas is looking at what California was looking at. Okay? So this is why I try to tell people to please pay attention to your politics and why you've had to relocate out of cities when you've lost jobs or when the taxes are too high or when things have become too bad in your city. Ask yourself, what the fuck is going on? Why did I have to relocate in the first place? Don't just move and continue to have your bad politics and not ask anything because you begin to turn a state. So that's what's happening in some senses of Texas. Now, I'm going to give Republicans a lot of game here. Texas has always been a large Republican state, but a really wild independent one, kind of wild Republicans, okay? kind of very independent, always threatening to leave the Union. They're still stuck in the Southern, <laughs> their Southern ways. Texas thinks it's very much its own fucking world. <laughs> uh, and uh, it, 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 that, with that tone that they have carried, they've been able to create a pretty big exodus from different cities to their from different states to their state, and they've been able to create an exodus of jobs. Now, I think that's a little bit. You got to give some of it to the Republicans, even though. 
know they have you have large democratic cities like DFW, Houston can be certain parts of the city, and Houston can be uh, very Republican. But you, I mean, be very democratic. But you have to give the overall state and how it's run to the Republicans. And so what I try to tell people that doesn't mean you got to vote Republican, but understand how politics works. And understand why these moves and these strange turns of events happen, okay? So let's finish uh, reading this. This is from Politico.com. It says, Allen, Texas, in a wealthy subdivision north of Dallas with two-story brick houses tucked close together, Texas State Representative Jeff Leach pauses beside his black pickup truck to scroll through voter roll apps on his phone. Leach is a Republican, and just a couple of elections ago, he wouldn't have had to campaign at all. In 2016, he beat his Democratic challenger by nearly 17 percentage points when he first ran for office in 2012. He didn't even have an opponent. But two years ago, Leach nearly lost his seat, and this year there's a good chance a Democrat could replace him. The app telling him, him which house to go visit used by Republican candidates across the country, says this is exactly the type of swing suburban neighborhood Leach needs to win if he's going to stay in office, okay? 2018 was a wake-up call for Republicans, he says, okay? Leach and his volunteer team are aiming to knock on more than 2,000 doors on this sunny, crisp Saturday on, on, in October 30th, days before the election. He skips the houses with Trump yard signs and any of that any that the app tells him regularly vote Republican. He wants to reach more moderate voters. The doors he knocks on rarely answer. He leaves the door hanger and a handwritten post-it note with his cell phone number. Finally, after about 30 minutes, someone answers. Leach introduces himself in the man's door asks, are you a Republican or a Democrat? When Leach replies that he is a Republican, uh, the Allen resident slams the door saying, I'm a Democrat, okay? Uh, Texas Democrats have talked about flipping the state for so long and failed so many times that it's easy to be skeptical of their ambition. But after years of disappointing losses in statewide races, they, races, they believe they have an achievable, achievable if narrow target this November. For the first time in nearly two decades, Democrats think they can win a majority in the Texas State House. Okay, uh, this is not a story about Texas as a whole turning blue on November third. This state's Republican governor, uh, lieutenant governor, and attorney general are not up for re-election this year. Republican Senator John Carney maintains a lead, though a narrowing one, over his Democratic challenger. Okay, The Texas congressional delegation will still be a majority. Republicans, even if Democrats pick up a few seats, the state Senate will remain majority. Republican when the legislature convenes in January. Okay. Presidential Donald Trump is also leading the Democratic nominee, Joe Biden, in Texas, through, though by slim margins. But in Texas, a blue state house, which would be a shocker all by, uh, by itself, the uh, ledge is a creature of its own American politics, a deep red institution that only meets for 140 days on alternate years and reliably gets caught up in, in a national cultural war. Uh, stricter and stricter abortion rules, looser and looser gun limits, an anti-transgender rights uh, bathroom bill in 2017 that are less and less reflective of the state overall and beyond the symbolic value control of the state house would give Democrats a say in next year's redistricting process in terms, in terms of laying the groundwork for future gains in Congress. And that looks ahead to an even bigger prize. 
the battle for the state house might end up being the first step to the Democratic Party long-term goal of flipping the nation's third most populous state, okay? Now, part of that reason is because a lot of Democrats have moved here, particularly blacks and whites, fleeing their Democratic states. I'm not going to lie. I'm just telling you the truth. Don't get mad at me. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I have voted for both parties. I consider myself an independent, even though I'm a registered Democrat. I consider I haven't voted uh, just straight Democrat in years, okay? Uh, but I'm very independent. I like third parties, all kind of stuff. Uh, but I'll tell you what I see for sure. Uh, and these people carry their politics, especially as black people, Okay. A lot of black people flee their their Democratic-run states and say, girl, this is getting so hot to live in California. And you like, and they like, well, girl, you know I'm a Democrat. And you're like, uh, okay, but do you understand why you left California? So why come here with the same politics? Because different states are ran different ways. So this is why I am encouraging you. I've been talking about Texas flipping for years. I said within the next 10, 15, 20 years, Texas can be completely, go completely blue. And one of the reasons I say that, and you'll see what you'll see here in this area, like the area I live in, close to, you live, you have places, places called in Grand Prairie and stuff like that, you'll see a lot of black people, very prosperous, okay? They live in mini mansions and stuff like that, okay? But listen, they don't understand why, how they got there. They don't understand the politics that provided for them the great jobs they have. <laughs> so that is why I try to tell, encourage you guys to understand politics and where you're at and where you're where you live and how the politics are ran in that state. And each state may be different for you. You might go into a different state and find out, hey, Democrats run it better in this state. Democrats tend to be better in this state. It tends to do better a Democratic uh, vibe. To me, in Texas, Republicans seem to have the better better vibe, in my personal opinion, because they're the reason why these these jobs exist. They're the reason because they've kept taxes low. They haven't had a state tax in eons. And a lot of people love the shit out of no state tax. It allows you to become more wealthier. Now, the Democrats will say, hey, I'm going to disagree with you on some things. Our Democrats think you should have state tax and stuff like that. Of course they do. Uh, and they would talk about the dispersion marks, which I get that too, of the poor. Probably There's a, probably a gap widening. Okay? Uh, and I am for social, uh, social uh, things like Medicare. I love, the one thing I do love about Roosevelt, which I didn't like Roosevelt himself, I mean, reading in history about him, but one thing I did can appreciate about Roosevelt was some of the New Deal. I felt that it was very genius to begin to bring in uh, things that would help uh, citizens to get their re- get their refooding, especially after the Great Depression, uh, to, to for the government to to provide uh, things like Medicaid, Medicare, and uh, uh, those and other a lot of things that came with the New Deal. Uh, I love the idea of public schools. I know most of the Republicans don't, but I love that idea. There are some uh, socialist ideals I like, and I think that we should work to perfect those ideas, right? But I hate mandates. I hate mandating insurance. I hate uh, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 certain certain things. 
I do not like, okay? So, uh, and I am for people to make public schools better. I don't like the ideas of Republicans with the private school system and stuff like that. I don't think people should pay for school. I think the government should, that is one thing they should ensure. Hey, kindergarten to your senior year, school is free. Now, college, I understand why they want you to pay for college. Just remember, college is a little bit of a sham at times, okay? Sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. So, yeah, so that's just my personal opinion. I'm just looking at this politics and how I see it happening. I've been talking about it for years, the same thing in New York. Uh, it's sort of like what 50 Cent. Remember, we talked about, we're going to talk about 50 Cent a little later on in the show, talking about how he's leaving, uh, he wants to, he wanted to vote for Donald Trump because of the taxes. Now, he, a lot of Democrats will come out saying, oh, that he's not going to give 60% taxes. No, he's not. But where he lives, 50 Cent lives in New York, which already has a lot of high taxes, okay? So by the time you add Biden's increase, I think of 21% to 28% it goes up, he'll be paying 60% in taxes. <laughs> so, you know, and people say, well, like, um, you'll still be rich. I mean, what's the stuff? Is, I mean, that's think about it. You make $60 million and you got to give up 40 of it to the government who can't, who can't hardly, uh, uh, whose bureaucracy and ineptness uh, already loses money and shit. You can't, <laughs> I mean, just for them to waste your $40 million on programs that they end up losing money to and begging again and raising taxes again, huh, I disagree with that. And I, I think that, too, the wealthy, sometimes we see the uh, wealthy, I know we've seen the, I guess why I do believe that wealthy do need to, there needs to be regulations and stuff uh, to happen. I don't know if um, higher taxes is the answer anymore. You know, I heard Dr. Watkins, Boyce Watkins, say that he feels like that 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 the government needs to ensure that the, that big companies hire Americans. Now, I do agree with that there should be some sort of regulation towards that, but I don't know if you can any more tax the wealthy and uh, keep taxing them higher and higher, and not for first of all, I expect for them to get around the tax law because they have brilliant people that can help them get around it. But secondly. Uh, they provide the jobs and stuff. So in, in some ways, at some point, the lower class and middle class are going to pay for those uh, taxes that the wealthy have to pay. And the wealthy will withhold buying goods and luxury goods and service, which will also affect the poor and stuff like that. So it's a bit of a toss-up for me, you know what I'm saying? Um, I am a person who doesn't like overreach of government. You know, I can be very conservative in that way. But um, you know, it's 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 still a really toss up because I'm also a person who believes in social programs and stuff like that. But I don't believe in uh, insurance, like you know, mandate Obamacare and stuff like that. I think they tend to give the insurance companies control, and it tends to that's why what happens. That's why the premiums go up because anytime you mandate something, well, they can insurance companies can do whatever they want with 30 million customers, you know. So uh, <laughs> very interesting. Uh, we'll see where this goes with Texas and stuff like that, but when we come back, okay, on the show, 
we're going to talk about some more discussion. Uh, we're going to talk about how school children seem unlikely to fuel coronavirus. They're saying that now because a lot of kids are going to school. And, you know, they've been, they've been doing well. The numbers, I mean, kids haven't been really uh, getting, uh, you know, passing it on, okay? The surge hasn't really been there. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, L.A. Reed selling off his music. Why are all these people selling off their damn music, okay? Talk about 50 Cent voting for Trump. Uh, Phil Collins and his wife, I forgot to talk about them getting messy out in these streets, child. They just messy. They messy. And then we're going to talk about uh, Trey Sons talking about why he don't want to do no versus battle. Ain't to y'all hear why you don't want to do no versus battle. <laughs> Not that I would be watching if he did one. I mean, I ain't no diss to Trey Sons. I like the little song. It's a song by Trey Sons I did like. I forget the name of it, but whatever. Anyway, you guys, we're going right on over into uh, a break. I'll be back in a moment, but let me tell let me tell you, I'm going to play one of my favorite blues songs. It reminds me of my next-door neighbor who I always tell the story on here. I used to listen to Blues Hour when I was a little kid, and one of the songs she used to play all the time, I used to love this damn song, okay, ZZ Hill, Someone stepping in, someone else is stepping in, okay? We're going to go old, old school with some blues real quick. It's the Carlotta Chatwood Show. I'll Carlotta, and I'll be back in a moment, y'all.
You're listening to the Carolina Chadwick Show right here on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Carlotta, and you are listening to the Carlotta Chatwood Show. You guys, that was who was that before that? That was after seven, running out of time. Oh my god, after seven, still be putting that. They be putting out some gems still, don't they? Wow. Okay, so I am back. We are talking hot topics today, and let's talk about Bill Collins. Okay, ex-wife now wants twenty million dollars to leave his forty million dollar mansion. This is according to Vanity Fair. After uh, accusing Aurene Seve and her new husband of an armed occupation and takeover of his approximately $40 million Miami Beach mansion, Phil Collins took his ex-wife to court on Tuesday in hopes of finally getting her to leave. During the 90-minute proceedings held over Zoom, Collins' lawyers accused Seve of using gamesmanship to take the home as well as intentionally slowing down the legal process by repeatedly changing lawyers and allegations, according to the Daily Mail. Judge Stephanie Silver also highlighted the fact that Seve's latest lawyer was the third she and her new husband, businessman Thomas Bates, had hired in four days. In addition to her new representation, she also filed a counterclaim seeking approximately $20 million from the musician, as her lawyer argued that she has an ownership stake in his home, despite the property being registered under com- uh, the company owned by Collins. Part of the hearing was used to discuss the removal of Collins' valuables from the home, which he claims are in substantial risk, including jewelry, memorabilia, unpublished music, a collection of items from the Battle of Alamo, said to be worth $15 million, a portion of which have already been donated to a San Antonio museum. Both parties agreed to have the items removed and put in storage until their case was decided. Judge Silver said it will take another hearing to address these new claims, and in the meantime, Collins can go live in another one of his homes. But his attorney, Jeff Fisher, reported that Survey also has another home, saying let her go to Las Vegas. Fisher was referring to her his firm's discovery that Survey had secretly married Bates in August and purchased a home for roughly $1.7 million in Las Vegas in December 2019 prior to breaking up with Collins for the second time in July of this year. He continued, this is an absolute fabrication. Uh, it's transparent. Lawyer uh, number three, story number four. And so the issue really is, do they get through gamesmanship deprived uh, to somebody, do they get to through gamesmanship deprive somebody of the home while she's in another home, okay? It says, Collins and Survey first met when she was just 21 years old and working as a, his translator during his 1994 tour of Switzerland. They married in 1999, have two teenage sons together, Nicholas and Matthew, and ultimately finalized the divorce in 2000. Collins reportedly paid her $46.8 million uh, divorce settlement. Following Survey's separation from her second husband, investment banker Charles Mehati, uh, the couple reconciled. When they broke up against the summer, I think they were getting ready to get married or he got married to her again. I can't remember. Uh, when they broke up again this summer, Survey allegedly took possession of their Miami home, at which point she and Bates, according to court documents, allegedly changed the alarm code, blocked the surveillance cameras, are entry by the vendors and the real estate agent, and are threatening implicitly and explicitly to prolong their unlawful occupation of the property through force. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> 
was dealing with this chick twice. <laughs> but you know what? They got a long history together and shit. People like them. I've known people like that. People like that, they're they going to be fighting till they probably 100 if he ain't learned his lesson. She might be a karmic relationship for him that he's addicted to. You know what I'm saying? Not good for him, but he's got two kids with her. They ask probably he's fighting. They probably love fighting. She got a new boyfriend and, and broke up with him right before they supposed to get like, right before they supposed to get married or something like that. I don't know. I thought they had been married twice, but I don't think that's the case. But they, I mean, they've been going through this shit for a long time. And so much for saying marry a younger girl and you won't have baggage. This bitch is baggage. <laughs> you can shape and mold her, please. <laughs> She is coming hard and is giving him shit, okay? She, you know, listen, and and, and and this is one of those things where these are the type of people that will, they'll end up back together, in my personal opinion, when they like 70-something or 86. They like fighting with each other. They just like it. It's just ridiculous. So hopefully Phil Collins has learned his lesson from this. I mean, she took over his house. I mean, the fucking nerve. He settled with you for $46.8 million and you was about to remarry him. See, here's my thing. This is where women get it backwards, okay? Can I just say this is where y'all get it backwards? Let me just explain something. And it ain't all about money. It's just the the the, the point is that if if I'm going to, like, if you're going to leave Phil Collins, you know Phil Collins is worth hundreds of millions of dollars. He got a catalog big as Fuck, right? Nice catalog, okay? And you're going to say, you know, fuck Phil Collins the second time. I'm not going to get you. get a chance to reclaim the throne, okay? And you say, nah, I don't want Phil Collins. Damn that. And you go, go you marry another businessman, right? And y'all got to occupy his shit. Then, <sighs> bitch, you choose him wrong. <laughs> That's just my straight up. Unless this is a woman who understands Phil Collins loves this game. Now, this is what, this is what I did. Let me, let me explain something. I'll explain that in a minute. But you choose them wrong if you got to occupy a man's home. Like, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't giving up Phil and $100 million. If I give up Phil and all those hundreds of millions, I got to love you, and you better have your place uh, set and, and uh, a life set for me to live. So that we, I won't have to fuck with Phil's shit. He done already gave me $46 million. So if I'm going to be, you you can't occupy his shit. You less than a man occupying his shit. What is that about? What kind of bullshit is that? Occupying another man, a businessman at that, having to occupy his shit. Since you chose wrong, if you're doing that, if you got to occupy Phil's shit. This is my personal opinion. I mean, I'm like, dude, you don't even come over here. I'm with Phil Collins. Ain't no reason you come over here with, and, and you want me to occupy Phil's house? Hold on, let me get this. I'm going to marry you and then turn around and occupy the man that I was getting ready to marry again with all these with all this hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm getting ready to leave this man, take his house, and be with your, with, with, with your ass who want to occupy his house. And you don't got no house of your own? I don't know. If I got to occupy my ex's house, how the shit do that look? No damn way, okay? Now, another thing is, now I'm saying she chose wrong. 
But now here's another thing about this woman she may understand. That Phil Collins might be the type of dude that gets, like, you know, he likes drunk. There are some men out there that love uh, crazy women. I remember hearing Bow Wow and um, who was it? Bow Wow and uh, who was it? James Dupree talks about this. I remember one time on uh, Growing Up Hip Hop and he was saying, it's something about them crazy girls. We just attracted to them and all this stuff. And I'm like, I mean, you just like bitches knocking your window out and shit like that. They just love that shit. It's just something about he was saying he's addicted to that. Now, this woman may understand that about Phil Collins. She may understand that Phil Collins uh, likes the craziness. And she, and if so, businessman, you're in the midst of a mess where they're going to end right back up together again in a few years. Because this is the manipulation that goes on in the relationship. This is the kind of shit they like. And, oh, yeah, he got a sun in Scorpio. You know, y'all know I got to look at his astrology. He got a sun in Aquarius and a moon in uh, Scorpio. Venus in Aquarius. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. A lot of Pisces. Oh, my God. He. Let me just say this, okay? Uh, I'm just looking at the Collins chart right now. Okay. It's obvious what's going on here. <laughs> his ascendance in Libra. Oh, they love this shit. <laughs> loves this shit with her, okay? He lo- he probably loves this shit with her. He probably did. They probably go through this. This is probably love fights. This is a love spat. Now, y'all like, what? A love spat? They suing each other? There are some people who love to be together. They just love to fight. That's they, they, they lo- It's some people who can't get rid of their karmic relationships because they addicted to the dramatics and shit of them. Like, they like, damn, you know, they love arguing, they love fighting, they not healthy, they love the toxicity, they love the toxic shit. I talked about this last week about how toxicity can be addictive to people, addictive to people. It's something about the adrenaline of fighting and making back up. Hey, everybody likes some good makeup sex, but some people just live their life like this. They love... They love to fight. And these two, my suspicion is that these two, this is a love fight. Like, even though she went off and married somebody, and everybody like, that shit, that's ridiculous. He ought to be, he ought to be, her ass ought to be blah, 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 blah. No, Phil loves this. That's why he took her back the second time. And I bet all over through the, I bet, this is my opinion, Carlotta one-on-one, I bet through the years these two have been probably messing around back and forth, back and forth. than that, if it's not that, then she has made a serious mistake. If you got to occupy your ex-man's house to be with the new man, no, the new man is not working. No, you're not, no, you're not coming correct. That's not, that's not what we're going to do. If you ain't got your own shit, why am I going to be leaving my stewards up to come with you who ain't got your own? You want me to occupy his house. What kind of man is that? Most men would be like, hell no, nah. a real man would be like, no, nah, you ain't about to take this man's house. Get on me. I got my own house. I got my own shit. Or he leave you because he ain't going through all that drama. But what these two, I feel like they like it. And this poor man who's this businessman, he, he being used probably more than likely. These two are probably having fights that they love. This is probably a love tap. Okay? Sick has hooked. <laughs> 
Okay. Oh my God. A mess. A mess. Okay. Are we ready to talk about Fifty Cent this week? Fifty Cent and I talked about it. Talked about how calls on on calls on followers to vote for Trump fighting Biden tax rates. Rapper Fifty Cent appeared to endorse, and this according to TheHeal.com appeared to endorse President Trump in a Monday Instagram post fighting Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden's tax rate plan. 50 Cent took to Instagram to condemn Biden's plan, which raises taxes for corporations and those who make over 400000 or more per year. He said, what the fuck? He said, vote for Trump. I'm, I'm out. Fuck New York. And the Knicks never win anywhere. I don't care. Trump uh, doesn't like black people. He continued... Uh, 60% of you, yeah, uh, 60% are you out of your, 62%, which is the, what the tax he would pay, are you out of your fucking mind? The rapper who lives in New York City uh, city could be hit with 62% tax rate increases under Biden's plan, experts said on Monday, according to CNBC. New Jersey and California residents who make more than per year could also face more than 60% tax rate while the rates in New York state could reach 58%. And let me just say this, because a lot of you guys, and this is something I, I, I love. I watch billions sometimes, the show billions, the succession. And you realize how poor these rappers and stuff really are compared to big time, uh, uh, wall street guys, uh, 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 business moguls and stuff like that. But there's this part in billions that I love. And this guy is talking, he said, man, I'm, I'm, he said, I'm really hurting right now. He lives in New York City. And he's going, and the dude's like, what? He said, why? He said, he said, man, I'm going to be down to $300 million. And the dude's like, fuck. Like, <laughs> like they're talking to these, these hedge fund guys, right? I mean, that's broke to them, okay? So let's talk about this. This is a place, New York City, particularly where 50 Cent is from, is a place full of guys who are Wall Street guys, hedge fund guys, who deals with billions, millions, trillions of dollars all the time, okay? Um, it's a lot of wealthy, wealthy, well, 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 well to do. 300 million, 50 cents a little money in New York ain't shit, okay? In New York, 50 cents. In California, 50 cents little money, rap money ain't shit. And the expense, I saw a $16 million home in New York, right off the water. This mofo, it was it was little as fuck. It had like four or five bedrooms, and they was trying to sell this shit for $10 million. Okay. Well, you, I know people saying, well, I heard Dr. Watkins, and I have to respectfully, I love Dr. Watkins, but he was saying, I feel like 50 is being a little, you know, uh, a selfish right here, and I don't feel that way. I mean, I understand what 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 Dr. Watkins is doing because we. I want to see. I believe in reparations, and I want to see black people come up. But I don't want to see my reparations check tax to hell, tax to hell, <laughs> right? So and give it right back to the government's ass. <laughs> so here's the thing. I understand that we're 50, the location that 50 Cent lives in is very expensive to live in. It is very expensive to be a New Yorker. I don't understand how the fuck anybody affords New York City. And, and to me, all the boroughs serve Manhattan. That's just my opinion of New York, okay? 
uh, New York, the people around in the other boroughs, you're there to serve Manhattan because the wealthy is that's where the to me you see the majority of the wealthy. I mean, like some of the places like in Central Park, you know, this is this has been like that for years. I mean, like Central Park, I mean, like these apartments and stuff, these are where these big uh, condos and stuff across the street, you should see these buildings. I mean, they're paying like 50 million to live there, and it'd be like a fucking two. Uh, two-story apart, uh, 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 condo in a, a building across from Central Park. It's just ridiculous, like $100 million or $200 million to live there. The cost of living in New York is expensive. So somebody like 50 Cent is not rich by the standards of the wealthy New Yorkers. His little $400, $500 million, and he got, he got to pay taxes on half his shit, the money he gets in every year, shit. Like he said, he'll be 20 cents. <laughs> The rapper was met with a mixture of praise and criticism for his post with conservative Fox Nation host Tommy Lahorn County, welcome to the Trump train, amen, or something. Minutes after his post, 50 Cent posted again with the caption, I just remembered I'm bankrupt, so I'm looking for a gracious loan. Can anyone help a brother out? LOL. The rapper hasn't, backed, hasn't always backed Trump. He tweeted in September 2016. Let us pray, Lord. Please don't let Trump in the office. We will spin out of control. And that's a lot of black people, to me, in my personal opinion, how I see both of these politics. We, we black people respond to Biden. They throw out every racial thing they know about Biden because uh, Biden isn't said it in the last uh, year. But with Trump, it, they because we, we react most emotional to all this racial stuff he's been saying, race things, we're emotional. So we we're I, I believe both of these dudes are the same, to be honest. I, and I don't think you can pick them based on if you're picking somebody who's le- uh, less racist. I don't think you have a less racist here. I think you have to pick people concerning the policies and stuff that you believe. You can't be personal with these motherfuckers. You show okay, I'm just telling you, politicians ain't your fucking friends. They not there to be your friends. They ain't there to come to your church and kiss your babies and shit like this. You want people who tell you straight the fuck out what they're about. So, you know, if you gotta vote for any of these two, know that don't vote on nobody based on what I like Biden better. Like somebody tried to tell me the other day, Biden lives in Delaware around black people. I said, and if Biden live around black people, the rent is probably double and the uh uh uh, uh gentrification is probably on fleet in that fucking area. You can't tell me any different. That's what happened in New York. When Clinton moved in New York, black people was all celebrating. Hey, look at Clinton moving down here in the hood. They didn't know that Clinton was getting ready to help gentrify their ass out of these places and raise the rent. Once he lived close, he moved close to Harlem, I think, the office in Harlem or outside of Harlem. Shit, it ain't been the same since. So watch the Democrats. The Democrats is racist, but in a different way. They come in like, look at me, I'm going to hang with the black people. But really, they're like, they, the secret plan is gentrification. We're going to get y'all to fuck up out of here. So we can take back this expensive property. And you thinking the whole time, they the friends. And then the rent gets so high and the property taxes get so high, your ass can't live there. Because Clinton put his damn office right in the middle of the, where the hell you live at. See, I'm telling you, the Democrats is tricky, just like the Republicans. So if you you can't, don't let your vote be emotional, and which is most of y'all's vote is emotional. Talking about, Biden is nice. Biden's not a racist. Biden is a racist. He's proved that with his plan. Okay, he's the same thing. To my opinion, they both white supremacists. Okay, now if you gonna pick somebody, some who's the best, who's the least white supremacist, they both are. 
Okay, you Fifty Cent is saying shit. I'm picking somebody based on my damn taxes. I don't want my taxes. I live in New York City. It's high as fuck already living in New York City. And if he raises taxes anymore, I'm gonna be less rich. I'm gonna have less wealth to pass up wealth to pass on to my generation. So the hell with that. Okay. Before he was re- he was responding emotionally. Then he responded to a policy. And that's how we should be. If you're going to vote, if you have to pick one of these jokers, if you decide that you've got to pick one of these jokers instead of voting a down ballot or instead of voting for Snoopy or Mickey Mouse, then if you're going to vote for one of these people, pick them based on the best policy for you and what you think will help your people in the long run. Not because one is less racist or not. Okay, because it, it, in some way, that's not neither one of them. They all got tricks, okay? She started talking about this week. Uh, she saw after 50 Cent uh, decided that he was going to, uh, let me see if I got it up here. You know, she used to date 50 Cent, okay? I'm just out of here. Let me pull this up, you guys. Hold on. Pull it up. Yeah, I know I'm, I'm I'm not gonna say you're gonna have a part two, but we probably do need a part two. Shit, I don't know when y'all gonna get it though. <laughs> don't be mad at me. Don't be mad at me, people. Don't be mad at me. Y'all cussing me out like Carlotta right now. No, you better get these stories out today. All right, Chelsea Handler says she scolded Fifty Cent over Trump support. I had to remind him that he was a black person. You hear this shit? Like, you ain't black. If you what, that, Remember, that's the Joe Biden shit. You ain't black if you don't vote for me. I don't have to vote for you at your ass. You have to remind me a black person. What that do? What that What that mean? Democrats ain't did nothing for us. What is it in the last several years? What the hell are you talking about? It says, Shelfie Handler, this is according to WashingtonExaminer.com. It says, Shelfie Handler responded to ex-boyfriend rapper 50 Cent's perceived endorsement of President Trump by scolding him and reminding him that he was black. I had to remind him that he was a black person, so he can't vote for Donald Trump. The comedian and television personality told Jimmy Fallon on Friday night in response to 50 Cent's viral social media post knocking Joe Biden's tax fan, if he denounces Trump, I might be willing to go for another spin if you know what I'm talking about. Okay, I want y'all to hear this shit, okay? Because I thought, you know what, This this is such a tacky, he's so fucking tacky right now. I mean, you know, like, so black men, they got a promise. They this 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 is relegating his vote his vote to like a sexual tryst with her ass. She thinks she that deep. You know, I might give you some coochie if you vote the way I want. That's how dumb. That's insulting. That's a, that's fucking insulting. I'd be pissed off. if I'm him. I would I would be you know I let her ass. I let her ass have it. Okay, but let me let y'all hear what she said. Okay, let's listen. Let's take a listen. It is is disrespectful. Uh, uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, what's going on between you? I, I saw your tweets and I go, wait, what's happening? Because you said he was your favorite ex-boyfriend, and then he, what does he do? Supporting Trump? He says he doesn't want to pay sixty-two percent in taxes, which, by the way, isn't a plan of Joe Biden. That's that's a lot. So he doesn't want to pay sixty-two percent of taxes. person, so he can't vote for Donald Trump, and that he shouldn't be influencing an entire swath of people who may listen to him because he's worried about his own personal pocketbook. So I haven't heard back from him yet, but I, I am willing to, 
you know, seal the deal in more ways than one if he changes his mind and publicly denounces Donald Trump, I might be willing to go for another spin, if you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you heard. Now, did this helper just offer him some coochie in exchange for his vote? I mean, she thinks of him, and she thinks of you 50 Cent, and I can agree because 50 Cent sometimes is an ignorant fucking Raymond. But she, these, these exoticals and white women that 50 Cent was just putting up on a, a couple of few months ago, this is what they think of you. She thinks that her sexual exchange, even if she was joking, bitch still said it, she thinks her sexual exchange is worth uh, it's, it works so much to you that you will give up your fundamental thought on your money and your taxes just to sleep with her fucking ass again. What the? She should be in so wow. And no matter four fifty in some senses, because fifty kind of put this shit up. He been kind of going a, a couple of months ago. He was on. Oh, um, what's his name? Uh, what's the dude's name? Uh, uh, with what's the little crazy little gremlin boy? Uh, Lil Wayne's channel and, and Lil Wayne something. Lil Wayne had podcasts or something like that. He was talking about how exotic was. You ain't seen no shit like that. And then, I mean, it's different from the hood and all this stuff. All kind of bull, crazy bullshit he was talking. Okay, but this is what they think of you. I might give you a little roll, another roll, if you know what I mean. <sighs> Wow. Wow. I, there's no more I can say to that. That, 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 that. Wow. She thinks her coochie, coochies, all that, that, so much that it was, you know, hey, 50. I might give another round, you know, if you, you know, denounce Trump. And some of you dudes, black celebrity males, y'all so into white women and so into white, I mean, black, and y'all so into the exoticals and stuff like that or whatever y'all call exoticals and all this stuff. No, and now you be into who you want to be into. But sometimes y'all try to put them up against black women because you got fucking mommy issues and shit like that. And uh, you have your problems really with your mama. Uh, and you and you, you say stuff like uh, you, start, you start to put them up as they, them being better and all this stuff. But this is what the fuck they really think about your ass. Like, you know, let me offer him some sex to get his mind right. Like, you're fucking, like, you can't think enough. Like, you don't know. You, he ain't a businessman enough to understand. Hell, my, my, my wealth is going to be effective if I think that. No, she thinks her coochie will change. Oh, let me give you this white coochie cat. That's a, that, you know, that makes you, it's the black man kryptonite. Hey, fucker, I think that's what she said. Hanley treated to 50 cent legally known as Curtis Jackson. I will pay your taxes in exchange for you coming to your senses happily. Black Lives Matter, that's you, that's you, fucker, remember. And you know what? I take that bitch up on that, but he's not talking about his life. He's talking about his taxes for a license for, for, for the next four years. Bitch, I'd be like, all right, pay my taxes, put that in contract. She
She knew she said what she said was wrong. She knew what she said was right. But this is what, 50, like I said, this is what 50 cents gets. This is, this is, you talk about girls in the hood, this is from the hood. Well, this is what the girls, the, the exoticals and the white women really think. They think they coochie so magical that you will give up your wealth. And some of you fuckers do. Some of you celebrities are broke right fucking now because you could you, 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 you think white coochie is magical. But, and exotical coochie. I, I don't have time. I'm not going to go into that. School children seem unlikely to fuel coronavirus surges, scientists say. Months into the school year, schools are reopened across the United States, remain a patchwork of plans in person, remote and hybrid, mask and not, socially distanced and not. But amid this jumble, one clear pattern is emerging, Okay. So far, schools do not seem to be stoking community transmission of the coronavirus, according to data emerging from random testing in the United States and Britain elementary schools, especially uh, seem to see remarkably few infections. The evidence is far from conclusion, and much of the resource has been tarnished by flaws in data collection and analysis. And there's been flaws all over, okay, the place with coronavirus. School reopenings are very much a work in progress. Still, many experts are encouraged by the results to date. The more, more, the more and more data I see, the more comfortable I am that children are not, in fact, driving transmission, especially in school settings, said Brooke Nicholas, an infectious disease moderator at the Boston University of Public Health. This is not to say younger children do not become infected. They do. On Wednesday, Dr. Michael Beach, a senior scientist of the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, acknowledged that the agency's guidance on school reopenings does not reflect the latest research showing that children can become infected with the coronavirus and transmit it to others. It does appear that children can become infected and that truly children can clearly transmit. Dr. Beach, the agency's deputy incident manager for COVID-19 response, told the House Select Committee on, on the coronavirus crisis. But the more pressing question for scientists and policymakers has been how often transmission from children happens. And the bulk of evidence now suggests only limited transmission from young children to adults, okay? Because a lot of teachers have not been getting affected. I have a friend, one of my best friends is a teacher. And, uh, you know, she, she says it's been really going well. So uh, that is, you know, um, that's just, so that's a fallacy if you're hearing that out here with the children are most likely, least likely to pass on the disease right now that they know of, Okay. So very interesting, and we'll keep uh, looking at that situation there, okay? What else do I want to talk about? We talked about Blueface the fucker, a.k.a. the fucker, yeah. Have you talked about the fucker yet? Blueface. Y'all know Blueface is back in the news, okay? Blueface, I call him the fucker because that's what he called himself. I didn't call him that. He called his damn self the fucker. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but Blueface is back in the news. We can talk about Blueface in a minute. He's got Blueface. Okay, okay, Blueface, uh, and this is from popdust.com. It says, what is happening at Blueface House? Salacious clickbait has been the key ingredient in Blueface's rise of fame. Of course it has. But uh, uh, things are starting to get weird, okay? And this says, Jonathan Porter, otherwise known as the rapper Blueface, technically got famous off a dick pic, okay? It's not, isn't it, it's only fitting that the person who calls himself a fucker would uh, get popular off of a dick pic. I get it. I get it. Okay. 
It says, it's not as lean as it sounds. Blueface has always had an uncanny knack for marketing. In 2018, the West Coast MC debut, debut record, Respect My Crippin, has started to evolve into a meme across Twitter. The Bouillon track was uh, up to task thanks to Blueface's shrill, nasally, often conversational flows that landed on beat only when he felt like it. The debacle charmed the youth but made hip-hop pure scorn. Another West Coast phenomenon, rapping about sexual appendages and gang violence for the sake of uh, uh, of going violent. The rapper became a polarizing figure from the jump. But Blueface was always in on his own joke, okay? Hence why putting a picture of his song on the cover of art for the next single didn't faze him all that much. I showed a fuck did, he said in the interview with Refuse Media, and that blew a nigga up. Is what he said, okay? When the antics were set aside, Blueface also remains a charismatic MC. His debut album was titled Find the Beat, a playful ode to his critics uh, who criticized his rap style, and he often dropped hilarious lines like, her ass looked like two midgets in a season bag. His choppy style uh, garnered co-signs from Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, and even Kendrick Lamar, among all others. Overall, the rapper seen that Eve's potentially becoming a caricature of himself, okay? As many of his bars and pride, Blueface is open about his love life. He publicly began a thruple relationship with both his baby mama and another woman. It came out as uh, polyamorous in 2019 and even claimed in an interview to have sex with over a thousand women in just six months. His morals were then called into question after a video surfaced of the rapper physically kicking his sister and throwing her and his mother out of his house in order to house uh, his two partners. We gonna wait for the cops since you you hit girls today, said one of the women. This is his mother being thrown out. This is what y'all paying for right here, Blueface, his mother, Gio. Y'all paying for this. This is who y'all support in response to rapper defending his action. His relationship with his family has soured since fame, and he's accused him of trying to profit and gain clout off of his brand. Regardless of the incident briefly tainted Blueface's image, he soon after took to Instagram live to record his baby mama fighting another woman whom he, he also slept with. The fight was vicious, but Blueface seemed unfazed as he let the camera roll and did little to stop the altercation. The video kept Blueface and his career in the public conversation, but his shocking all marketing tactics weren't as playful anymore and seemed to be morphing into something a little more toxic, okay? You guys can read this whole article on the fucker, I mean, a.k.a. Blueface and popdust.com. Let's talk about Blueface because I've often said this is, this is, this is, this is, we, these, he's the actual, he is, remember in Brown Sugar when they had the Dalmatians in Brown, the movie Brown Sugar? He's a Dalmatian, okay? Uh, he is something that is created, he created himself out of marketing. He's trying to get money real quick. I ain't mad that Blueface trying to get, you know, just throw himself out. I don't think he even probably considered himself a real rapper. He probably not at this point. He's a viral rapper trying to make things happen or whatever. But let me explain something to you young ladies who's wanting to be serious about this nigga. I mean, this uh, man, okay? His mama and him out, okay? He kicked his mama. And sometimes I understand shit go on with your family and you ain't got time. But he kicked his family out and moved another woman. You know he's toxic. You know he's toxic and talking about they saying he hit on them or something like that. Allegedly toxic. Toxic. So why do you little young crazy 
girls go out here and try to engage in somebody from somebody like this and try to create a relationship with a man who would take his baby mama fighting. I mean, really? Really? He calls himself a fucker. Girl, there's nothing serious about this dude. Save yourself. Now, as far as the fucker, Blueface is concerned, eventually, eventually, I don't know, it's hard to say in society right now, because society seems to be upside down and backwards. But as life keeps going like this, eventually your star is going to fade. So my advice is to fuckers quit. Don't fuck as much, but collect as much money as you can. Because it's probably eventually, I mean, you know, it's probably eventually going to fade, okay? It's what it is. I'm always confused when I see people like this, dudes like this. I'm always confused. I'm always confused. I'm always, you know, how they became famous. But, but you know, this is the world we live in. It's just a strange place, you know? It's upside down right now. Oh, Lord. Oh, what else we got to talk about on here? Y'all are, uh-uh, Carlotta. Uh-uh. You, you better finish up. We got to talk about L.A. selling, selling out that music. Okay, I'm going to go on a break. Okay, I'm going to try to get through it. Okay, I'm going to try to. We're going to go on a break real quick, and I'm going to come back. I'm going to talk about L.A. Reed selling off his music. I don't know what the hell. They all selling it to the same person, too. Y'all might be in the Illuminati and shit. What the hell? They making y'all sell, do a music sale off? <laughs> I don't know, but it's crazy, okay? And uh, we got to talk about why Trey Suggs out here feels like he don't want to do a versus battle, okay? And then we got to talk about this little young dummy who got caught by the feds, arrested by the feds this week, a rapper, no less, by a video he did. I mean, he posted evidence against his damn self. <laughs> he didn't have to have nobody snitch on him. <laughs> oh, my God. He just, he, he, he just got, his ass just, he, he snitched on himself, okay? He snitched on his damn self. So we got to talk about that and a whole lot more. I'm going on break real quick, and when I come back, we'll get into this, okay? Meanwhile, let's listen to a little bit of, who's going to listen to y'all? Uh, I thought I had it, but I, um, let's see. I don't know. I thought I had what I wanted to play. Look at me. It's a long pause. <laughs> okay, you guys, let's uh, listen to uh, a little bit of, oh, my God, where is it at? I had it up. You guys, oh, this is terrible here. What's going on here? Okay, it happens. This is this is how this show goes, okay? Uh, let's listen to... I don't want Jeffrey Osborne. That's not who I want. Okay. Lie to me, Kim. Okay, we got Kim. I'll get I'll get Kim up. I'll be back in a moment. It's gonna be a short break. Okay, guys, be right back.
show I eat and talk to y'all okay it's a messy it's not like normal <laughs> but my grandparents I told them like I gotta see what they call for they're like oh we'll call you back go ahead back on the show <laughs> okay so let's talk about L.A. Reed out here in these streets selling off his music okay this is according to um, hotnewhiphop.com it says L.A. Reed sells 100% of his 160 song writing and publishing catalogs okay it says a veteran music executive, I'm smacking you out here. I'm sorry. The veteran music executive catalog includes hit records from Whitney Houston, TLC, Boys to Men, and more, okay? In an era where so many artists are fighting to own their masters, L.A. Reid is joining the list of music industry and sold their entire catalog. According to Verity, the, uh, Reid has sold 100% of his 162 songwriting and publishing catalogs to hip- hypnosis songs and um it's investment advisors the family music limited for an undisclosed amount 
This comes as as the company appointed Reed to its advisory board. Damn, dude. Like, just to be on the advisory, this is what the fuck you take. You sell off generational wealth. You sell off other artists to shit. You don't give the other artists a chance. I don't understand what the fuck they doing. Am I something I don't understand about the music business or something? But it says, of course, L.A. Reed has had such a pivotal role in shaping R&B and hip-hop into what it is today, having co-founded LaFace Records and Babyface, with Babyface in 1988. The label launched the careers of artists like Outkast, Tony Braxton, Usher, Pink, and more. Reed's catalog that he sold includes records from TLC, who recently accused him of bailing on the group. Whitney Houston, Bobby Brown, The Whispers, Sheena Easton, wow, Karen White, and Voice Men, among others. I can't imagine a better home for my lifetime of music and songs than hypnosis. Merck and his dream team real, real, truly value artists in their creative vision, and I couldn't be more thrilled to partner with them for, the, for this exciting new chapter. L.A. Reed joins a slew of producers who have sold their catalogs to hypnosis, including the Dream, RZA, and No ID. Damn, what the hell is going on with black people selling their music? To a white guy, nonetheless, who fucking just collects music. He's like collecting music like it's some sort of fucking hobby. And you just happen to like music and you run around, you got the money to do it. And he's, he's increasing his family's generational wealth. And again, another white male begins to make money off a black artist. What? I, I don't, I don't get it. Like L.A. Reid, you not have enough money. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if our people understand the long term. Like the long term, do we? Especially you entertainers and fucking celebrities and shit. You get in desperate positions and they can. I don't know if that's the case with L.A. Reid, but a lot of times it be desperate positions and you will sell out your anything. Like, here he is. He, I, well, he's going to be great to do. No, no. He enriches himself and his family. Yet you're giving up your catalog. I think of all the black, other, or the black artists that you could have helped to get their own music back. Even though you helped co-write it, you give the artists a chance to, to somehow earn their music back. How can black people? How can I can't? That's why I can't get with some of these entertainment, these entertainers, when they talk black shit. Because I'm like, you don't even help your own in the business. You fuckers are sharks. And it is what it is. I get it. But that's why Diddy can't talk to me about no black party shit. Diddy can't talk to me about shit. He he bought Mason shit for twenty thousand dollars, and then even give him a chance to buy back his own shit. Fuck that. It was a good business move. I get it, but if you can't. If you, there's no way you can be down for uh, you. You, and it's nothing. Ain't nothing wrong with that. It's business, okay? That's straight up business. Is it ethics? I don't know, but business. It is business, okay? And I ain't mad at them for that. But damn, I can't expect you to run some sort of black party or talk about some of us all coming together and shit like that. You ain't a come-together type of dude. It is what it is. I mean, like, damn, he sold off his whole catalog. He even took the wealth out of his own fucking hands. I don't understand that. He probably got a lot of money. He got a dug, doggy, nice doggy bag, but not what this fool is going to make in the next 40 years, 30 or 40 years. 
ain't mad at the white man. You know, it is what it is. You know, he got that money when you built up wealth. He said that he would rather buy a song than buy a new car. He he lives very a very low lifestyle. His shit is buying songs. Now, probably, now what he ain't telling you, he's probably inherited some wealth or something like that, which black people, a lot of black people don't have the option to do. I'm not saying he has, but it's probably there. And a lot of black people have to fucking fight to even get any wealth or any money, only to have some kid, you know, or some man come along just to collect the music and shit for a hobby. I mean, it's just the fuck. I don't understand that. I just don't. I don't understand because the legacy of black entertainers in the black in the entertainment industry, the legacy of black entertainers being consistently robbed and not being getting what they're worth in terms of their music. I mean, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that. I mean, I you know, it's kind of sad. It's just very sad to see this con- this happening. It's just sad, and this guy is going to build a huge monster catalog. And no, and here's the thing about this: Michael Jackson did this same thing. Ain't nobody fucking coming to put no child molestation things on this white man. This white man's doing exactly what Michael Jackson did with that ATV catalog, and Michael Jackson got all kind of shit. Michael Jackson was even being kind to people out here, giving people back the rights to their music and shit. All he got was a bunch of people calling him crazy, which Michael was a little different. But a lot of people called him crazy and deranged and a child molester, celebrities shunning his ass when he's alive on now to be like, oh, Michael Jackson, I love Michael. I love Michael. Just sad. Very sad. I'm sure Prince's catalog is next. I'm sure his family, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure it's next. I'm sure that's going to be the big catch. Shit, I wouldn't be surprised. Shit, they already sold ATV catalog back to fucking Sony. So, you know, hey, it's nothing, you know. Michael Jackson attempted to do the same thing. You know what's sad, too, about us? A lot of us black people don't work with our owners. But black people dude was out here doing that, going around just buying everybody's music. He be getting all kind of shit right now. Everybody run him through all kind of ringers. Oh, well, why is he trying to take the artist's music? Why is he trying to... It be all kind of... It's just a sad deal. It's just a sad deal. And it proves the disadvantages of being a black person in America and your wealth difference. Even if you're a wealthy entertainer, you can't afford what this dude has done with his company. Because I bet when you look into his background, there is generational wealth there. And I bet you can trace it back to a, to, the, to something that where he benefited. Let me just set up here. Just sad. I just, I, I don't know. I'm done. I can't, I ain't going to argue this. The L.A., congratulations. Sell what you, sell your shit off. I don't you know, do what y'all got to do. Uh, Trey Songz, uh says, 
explains why he's not interested in doing a versus battle. I don't really think there's anybody to do what I do. That any there's really anybody that does what I do. Do. Oh, Trey, ain't nobody that do what you do. I can name ten to fourteen other dudes out here that do what the fuck you do. What's that little boy, Jackie's? Uh, what's some Chris Brown? Uh, we we got like we can we can just go some of them a name. I don't even know all their names because they all knew, but they sound just like your ass. What are you talking about here? What in the hell? Now Maxwell can do that shit. Maxwell can sit up and do that. D'Angelo can sit up and say, I don't think there's nobody do what I do. Maxwell, D'Angelo, Brian McKnight, uh, dudes like that that is really just, I mean, you know, who are really unique and different. Your ass can't sit up here and talk about these. I don't really think there's anybody to do what I do. Are you serious? <sighs> some of these people think they beyond. Not that I'm that mean to verses, but some of y'all is really thinking y'all high up here. <laughs> A rapper who bragged in a YouTube music video about getting rich. Oh, that's not. Oh, let me let me not, let me talk about let me talk about trade right now. Uh, it says Trey Sons is too good for versus battle. At least that's what he thinks. Okay. Uh, no, I'm not open to doing versus songs. Said he said during a Thursday interview with Houston's 97.9 The Box. Although he thinks versus is a great way for actors to play their uh, uh, their music, uh, songs explained that he's competing uh, uh, against himself. But for me, I've never really been into being in competition with the next man, the next woman, and putting myself in a position where I gotta say this is better than what you've done. He continued. They none of them are really doing that. Listen here, bitches. If Pay the Bell and Gladys Knight can get on there and do they shit, you can bring your punk ass little catalog on there. It's a lot of nerves. I'm in competition with myself. Furthermore, I don't think there's anybody that really do what I do. I see if this is Maxwell up here talking this shit. Or is somebody D'Angelo talking shit? Uh, uh, I mean, these really great artists, but you ain't going to sit up here with your little five. You is not going to sit up here, Trey Sons, and act like you is Prince in the building, okay? Prince, are you, there's nobody that really does what I do. Songs went on to say that acts like Chris Brown and Usher are artists who have solidified a space for themselves shouldn't be battling each other. Instead, he would like to see a versus format in a way they can showcase their discography without being pitted against each other. Well, they, they do do that. They're playfully being pitted against each other. They're not really uh, kind of going against each other. That's not really, in the people's mind, they are, in, in, you know, people are having fun with it, but they really, most of these artists really expect, respect each other. And they might secretly be saying, I know my shit's better than yours, but they, they not in, in, while they're there, they're really having a playful moment with each other. I just think that when these some of these artists go on these shows like Versus, you really see how weak their shit is. Like, you know, you feel, you see that like, you ain't really got that much shit, huh? Like, you know, Versus was able to successfully do this with acts like DMC, DMX, Snoop Dogg, Taylor Bell last night. Still, it seems that Trey's comments intrigued Versus co-creator Swiss Beats when they hit the shade. Okay. Uh, he said, uh, See, what did he say? What did what did he say? He said, "Do you did you know that Trey Sons dropped an album last week? Someone tells Trey Sons that a versus might be the best way to get his people reinterested in his career." Damn, is that what Smith B said? 
tell you something though, Swiss beats. I'm talking about Swiss beats punk. Because I'm going to have to talk about his punk ass. Talking about, didn't he talk about Janet Jackson? Like Janet Jackson couldn't couldn't go against, I think, did he say Missy Elliott? Even though I love Missy Elliott, but who the fuck do you think Janet Jackson is? Where's Swiss beats at? Swiss, can you really call anything? Swiss is dumbass, didn't even talk about Janet Jackson couldn't compete against Missy. Do you know who the fuck Janet Jackson is? Obviously, you do not. Disrespectful as fuck. If I was Janet, I'd never grace. I'd never hit a verse. I'd be like, do you know who the fuck? You know, I know. If I come, it would be an honor and a privilege if I showed up on verses. I'm Janet fucking Jackson. I've been making hits since the 80s. You talking about Missy Elliott? Missy Elliott, Missy Elliott would even say, hell no, I ain't, I ain't. Missy Elliott wouldn't even want to go in no competition with Janet Jackson. Only person that can go in competition with Janet Jackson, and she really can't, I've really said this over and over, is Beyonce. And that's because she's just such a big artist right now. But Beyonce ain't got a lot of big-ass hits that can mess with Janet's fucking catalog. No, not really. I keep telling y'all, y'all over, 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 over talk her catalog. Go play it through a couple, throw a couple of Destiny Child, child songs in there. It still won't give her no time. Put Soldier in there. You put No, No, No. All of that. You can't fuck with Jamie. Jamie, when I think of you, control, uh, funny how time flies when we're having fun. She'll fuck that. She'll, 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 she'll send little Beyonce's ass back packing. That's what you can't. There, Janet really needs to be paired up with Madonna. Not even Beyonce's ass, because that would be unfair. Madonna maybe with Re- I mean Beyonce with Rihanna seems more fitting. Okay, and Rihanna the reason Rihanna does Trump uh, does Trump Beyonce is a couple of reasons. Rihanna has a lot of fucking features, but Rihanna is also very. Beyonce's unique too, but Rihanna's very unique, okay? And I would think I think Rihanna would even fuck Beyonce over. Cause I, I always think this is what I think about Beyonce, and this is a lot of Beehive people really get upset with me, and it's not a diss to her, you know. It's it, it well maybe somewhat it is, but I actually think they spent more time uh, trying to uh, 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 trying to push her into being a Michael Jackson. But she hasn't really worked on her music as well. I think that a lot of her music comes out, and it's called. And people will say Lemonade was critically acclaimed. Lemonade was okay. Uh, people will say the the King Blackest King was critically acclaimed. Blackest King was shit. I mean, was that song? Well, not Blackest King. The Gift. It's all repackaged. It's the same damn Blackest King. The Gift. It's like a Gemini shit. <laughs> to the gift, okay? But what what you really find about Beyonce is they made, Beyonce's a fabulous performer, wonderful performer, but Beyonce's music catalog, to me personally, is a little lacking. It's good, but it's not like, like a woo, like I can, you know, so I think in verses, verses would expose an artist like her. Verses would probably expose an artist like Trey fucking songs. He thinks he's different. Yeah, just big dudes like Trey Suggs and Jackie and all these two guys, these guys out here are just knockouts of R. Kelly and Avant, really. I mean, you know, you're not doing anything different. Uh, you're not doing something different. 
he's just a different person with Fight Kelly vibes and Avant vibes. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God, we got down to six minutes, y'all. Am I gonna get all the news in? Fans arrest a rapper who bragged in his music about getting rich from filing EDD claims in music videos. Look at this dummy right here, okay? Look at him right here. A fool, a fool, a fool, a fool we got here. <laughs> Am I going to have time to talk about this? Are we going to have to wait till we go in overdrive to talk about it for a little bit? Hold on, we time to talk about this dummy. This is this W right here. Woo! He's one for the book. This is according to CB, uh, CBS.com, Los Angeles CBS Local.com. It says a rapper who bragged in a YouTube music video about getting rich from an unemployment scam was arrested Friday on federal trial charges of fraudulently applying. Okay, hold on, you guys. I lost my thing. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to have time to get this story out. I may have to say this story for overdrive. Oh, my God. It's, I got too much to say about his ass, okay? Uh, probably applying for more than $1.2 million in jobless benefits, the Department of Justice officials said, okay? Uh, what it says, it says, Fort Fontrell, Antonio Baines, 31, of Memphis, Tennessee, is known online as Nuke Bizzle. <laughs> Federal officials say he is currently a resident of Hollywood Hills and is expected to make his first court appearance. I guess he made it Friday to noon the U.S. District Court, okay, uh, in downtown Los Angeles. Baines was arrested September 23rd by Las Vegas police and was found to be in possession of eight EDD debit cards, seven of which were in the names of other people, according to an affidavit filed with a criminal complaint against Baines. In the video, which apparently was posted on September the 11th, prosecutors say Baines rapped about doing my swagger for EDD and getting rich by going to the bank with a stack of these while holding up several envelopes from the EDD. A second man in the video raps, you got to sell cocaine. I just filed a claim. Oh, they so dumb, Lord help with Jesus. I know the feds was cracking up. I know the feds. I know. I, if all the feds, I'm like, they just doing my job for me. Shit. I I know they was laughing they ass off. The feds, the officers got to be saying, is he serious right now? <laughs> According to the affidavit, the investigation turned up at least 92 EDD debit cards preloaded with more than $1.2 million in fraudulent and fraud and obtained benefits mailed to addresses that Baines had access to in Beverly Hills and Koreatown. Federal investigators say Baines and his co-schemers allegedly withdrew or sent more than 704000 in cash from these cards. Baines has been charged with access to uh, device, access device fraud, aggravated identity theft, and interstate transportation of stolen property. If convicted, has charged, he faces a statutory maximum sentence of 22 years in federal. <laughs> I make sure I stress, I stress that prison. Oh my God! How dumb! How dumb! How dumb! How we can't get any more. Can we? Is the, can, can anybody get any more dumber than this? 
there's no I want y'all to hear the story, so I'm gonna have to save it till like we go over to overdrive. So stay on the line. I'm gonna if I hang up, that means you know, if I get clicked off, y'all know how it goes. If I get clicked off, that means that I'll come on at another time and I'll do this story again when we come back on, okay? So y'all can hear the whole story. But I'm gonna try to go into overcome to overdrive. For those of you who are listening on the phone line, stay on the line. We're going into overdrive. For those of you who are listening, um to me by uh, listen to me by the internet, y'all have to catch the uh, the archive show to hear the overdrive. I'm out. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week. I will try my best to do a part two show. Okay, so be on the lookout for that. Meanwhile, we're gonna end it with a good one, "Lovely Day" by Jill Scott. I'll see y'all. Y'all have a good one. Okay, I'm out. Happy Scorpio season. <laughs>
What are y'all doing out here? I mean, really? I mean, y'all rap, y'all chilling on yourselves. It's just crazy. It's it's nutty. Okay, so let me see. I mean, hold on here. If I get the story up. But anyway, he's going to be appearing in a federal court. It gets better when you just hear the story. It's so rich when you just hear it from the report. So hopefully I can get this story up for you guys. And, and so, okay, meanwhile, let me just say this. I'm going to do a part two, okay? If I don't do it at midnight tonight, I'm going to do it sometime during the week, okay? So I got in part two, I got so much to talk to you guys about. I want to talk about Young Buck and his girlfriend fighting because, you know, shooting shooting his girlfriend shot at him or something. We want to talk about Lisa Ray, child, out here trying to join OnlyFans. Child, Lisa Ray about trying to get some ducats. She's going back to Players Club days and stuff. Jada uh, was disturbed about Willow watching sex films when she was young. We're going to talk about that. Uh, We're going to talk about um, Shonda Rhimes on why she left ABC. Uh, Marcy, Marcy, Marcy Martin or Marcy Martin on the cover of Essence Digital Girl Mag with her eye cover. Child, we didn't get a chance to talk about that, but we got to talk about that. And then this crazy plan to attack a church this week. We're going to talk about that and a whole lot more. So I have a whole lot of stories that I'm going to talk to y'all. I ain't even got to tell the Braxtons, okay, because y'all know the Braxtons is out here acting out again, okay? Uh, Tamar done unfollowed her whole damn family. I said good for her family. They need a break. <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, no offense to Tamar, but woo, Tamar can be a lot. You need a break out up in these streets, okay? The Braxtons need a break, child. They do, okay? So, um, I'm trying to get this story up for y'all so y'all can hear this story. Maybe I might have to save this story for part two. I may have to save it for part two because I'm having a a, a, a thing to uh, try to get get up the story. But, you know, I mean, this it was just a dumb thing to do, okay? I mean, to rap in a video about your criminal activity and to show the claims. They even held up the claims in their video. <laughs> dumb like you got like you it was <laughs> I mean because you wonder like how did they even come up with the idea to do something like this at all because it's so dumb what they did it's like how did you even know to do this type of thing like how did that cross your mind and not the rest of the plan okay just ridiculous okay and uh, I forgot about two this week, too. We need to talk about Sweetie Pies, Calvin. We need to be talking about Sweetie Pies. I mean, what happened with with Tim Norman, Sweetie Pies, Tim Norman, how he's pleading not guilty and stuff like that. Talking about thinking y'all, thinking Miss Robbie, I guess, is supportive or whatever. So we're going to talk about that. I think Miss Robbie broke her silence this week. So we'll talk about that, too, on part two. So, okay, here it is, you guys. Let me pull it up. Let me get y'all hear this. Y'all got here to believe it. Facing federal charges. According to a criminal complaint, 31-year-old Fontrell Antonio Baines exploited pandemic unemployment assistance provision of the federal coronavirus act. He applied for more than $1.2 million in jobless benefits. Federal officials say right now he lives in Hollywood Hills. And in a video, he bragged he's going to get stabbed of bees while holding up envelopes from EBD. A second man in the video grabbed, quote, you got to sell cocaine, I just file a claim. If convicted, Bain faces up to 22 years in federal prison. Johnson for CBS LA. I mean, this is 
so dumb. <laughs> You got to sell cocaine. I just found a claim. What a bunch of idiots. <laughs> and if I'm the judge in this case, I'll be throwing 22 years at you just for being a dumbass and making the video. I'll be like, you know what? You're so dumb. I'm going to throw 22 years at you for just getting caught. For just, you you so obvious. I know the fair. I just want to be in the room when the fair side of the video. I know they were laughing their asses off. They were <laughs> World, we have, but it's going on. <laughs> it's always something that makes you laugh every day. I swear it is okay. I'm telling y'all. Oh my goodness, y'all. This is, you know what? I'm gonna tell y'all something. This has been such a wonderful, um, wonderful uh, week. I hope y'all have a the rest of y'all week be as wonderful as my week was. And you know what? Hopefully we'll get together with this part two, maybe midnight tonight. If not, then I'll, do a, I'll try my best to do it sometime during the week. I appreciate y'all like y'all do hang out with me so much every week. I really do. I really appreciate it. I appreciate my little Carlotta Chatwood show family. Thank you so much for hanging with me. And listen to me just babble on chat. Because I be babbling, honey. I be talking. I be talking a lot of shit. But y'all will sit and listen to it. So thank you so much. Thank you for the encouragement. And those of you who just really listen to the show and y'all really vibe with me, I thank you. I really appreciate it so, so much. This 2020 year. It's been a different one, you know, uh, and you know what, Here's, I know a lot of people say it's been difficult for them, but, you know, even in the difficulty, like, I see the sun shining so much in it, and some people say, well, you know, Carlotta, you're not looking at things realistically. I never look at life. Life is, uh, I'm a realist at times sometimes, but I'm not that much of a realist. I'm also an idealist, so I'm a mixture of everything, and I I, I believe that, uh Ideals create the future. It creates the vibe that of how we live. And I, I don't always live in reality. I'm a Scorpio. Shit. I'm supposed to live in reality. We change reality, right? That's the gift God gave me, okay? So I am so excited about this month. I mean, this coming month because it's my birthday month, child. And I'm going to be doing this. Oh, I'm going to do this. Uh, I'm doing this Boudere shoot. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. And I think I'll have some pics I can show y'all. <laughs> I'm feeling really good about myself right now, okay? So I'm really hyped about that, okay? And I've been, you know, I talked to y'all about my exercise journey. I've been going on that, and it's been really, really good for me. I've been just really, I mean, I'm slowing down a little bit now, but I had to speed it back up and just uh, keep going at it hard. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just, just, trying to uh, transform, okay, and trying every day to become the better version of me, okay? So I encourage you guys to do the same for yourself, okay? Now, I want you guys to have a wonderful, 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 wonderful rest of the week. We'll get together in part two, shoot the breeze, because I got so much more I got to say in part two, because part two is going to get messy. You know, with Lisa Ray starting the only fans. <laughs> And Tamar, unfollowing her family, y'all know I'm gonna have a lot of shit to say, okay? So you want to make sure that you be uh, for you be listening for part two, okay? All right, you guys, I am out. I will see you guys either at midnight tonight or sometime during the week, okay? So let's leave out with uh, we can leave out with. I don't know. I said I was getting ready to say Janet, but no. 
We're going to leave that with one of my favorite songs from Coffee Brown, the old school one, after the party. It's the Carlotta. Y'all have a good one. I'm out. See y'all. And you don't stop, keep, keep it on, keep it on, keep, keep it on. You don't stop, keep, keep it on, keep, keep it on.